Must be Monday. It is. Here in Pimp City, USA. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What is happening, party people? It's Corey Kingston here. The Drum Brigade Podcast, episode 56? Yeah. Dang. No, is it 57? 56. I think it's 56. Man. We are in beautiful. Fant- it is a gorgeous day outside. Gorgeous. Raining all weekend. Foggy and stuff. But right now... The air is clean, sunny, it's beautiful, man. It's not too hot. Not too hot. It's chilled out. Man, it's just gorgeous. I wish it would stay. I feel it. I think it's going to get hot again this week. Yeah, well, I'm enjoying this right now. I want to go on a ride. Wrap this show up, Phil. I got to go. Uh, that voice you hear turning knobs, it's the one. It's the only. Fantastic. Filthy. Funky Phil Pardell. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's up, Funky Phil? I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're in a better in a better mood this week, I think. Um yes. so yeah, we're in we're in the beat locker in Pimp City, Oceanside. Uh you know, my voice still does sound tired. I can hear it. I had a bit of a late night last night. Ooh. Saw another gig and then we decided to go out after and Trouble. Well, I I you know, I'll get into that when I get into my week. And there is a soapbox that comes along with that story. So zesty. Um, yeah, man, we got a great show this week. A buddy of ours, fantastic, like a like a real funky drummer, man. So funky, yeah. Uh, Zach Nager. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Nager. Yeah. Zach Nager. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to call him Zach Danger. Danger. Zach Danger Nager, dude. <laughs> He's coming on the show. We're gonna talk funk. You and Fun- you and Funky, I mean him and Funky Phil are just gonna rap, and I'm just gonna be like, "Duh, what do I say?" Nah, I'm just gonna listen. It's gonna be all about sixteenth <laughs> note, like single hand sixteenth note hi hat patterns today, like swung <laughs> a little bit, just funky, so funky. This dude gets down on some deep funk. He's been doing it for years. He's like one of the staples in deep funk drumming. So we're gonna talk to him. Um, he's a homie. He's from San Diego. I've you know I've shared an album with that dude, like, yeah. And um, wait, was he on? Did he play on the on uh, Bobby's? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. him and his brother. That's Jake, awesome. Jake Nager. That's a great record. Yeah, I only played on one track. Of course, the reggae track. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was cool. That was a dope. That was a dope recording session. I'm happy to say that I recorded my songs in. We co- recorded our song in one take, but then they wanted to get another take just for the halibut, so we did it. That was a Lost Ark. Yeah. Which again. is gone. They're gone, dude. I, mean, I know. Yay, because they were rad, but boo that yeah, they're gone. That was right? one of the greatest studios ever. Still, we still got Pacific Beat. He's getting all the work. Yeah. I just booked a session with him in two weeks for Shuffle and Bang. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, he's like... He's booked up, man. We've been trying for two months to get a get a day in there. Dang. So, That's um, exciting. Yeah. Anyways, I don't want to get too much into that. I'm probably going to talk about the album that we shared with Zach. And um, I don't know Zach super well, but I've met him a couple times. And, and I've seen him play, I think, once or twice. And dude is a fantastic drummer. Like, top level. 
One yeah. of the baddest dudes in San Diego, if not the baddest dude in San Diego, especially for what he feel, does. That yeah. feels. He's got that crazy pocket. Yeah. So um, I'm excited to talk to him and hang out with him, get to know him better. Um, this is the Drum Brigade Podcast, episode 56. As I mentioned, um, we're happy to be here today. And um, I just want to tell you a little bit about our show. You can get it on uh, all the platforms that you listen to your podcast on, which is iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Overcast, and now Radio Public. Also, as I mentioned on the last couple episodes, if you listen to us on Radio Public, that gives us the opportunity to make some money off of advertising because before and after our show, they put like a 10-second advertisement, and then the more listens we get to that, does that make sense? The more you listen to that, the more we get. So we have to reach a certain point before we can get some money, but it's still, you know, worth mentioning. So tell your friends, everybody listen on Radio Public. If not, any of the others work. If you have nothing else, just go to drumbrigade.com. You can download there. You can listen there. And um, you can get all the other platforms there as well, people. You can get drumsticks there, too. You can. You can get some Drum Brigade products. <laughs> uh, we are running low, I'll be honest. We need to, We need to like, what do you call it? Man up? What do we got, those two Bs? We five, got five Bs five and seven B. As. I like the five Bs. Five Bs are good. They're a little too thick. I like five As. Um, and we are out of those. We are completely out of stock. I think I have one pair left in my closet that I want to keep because these are our first batch of drumsticks ever, and it's a big accomplishment for me, Phil. Yeah. So, and we need to get t-shirts. These t-shirts that me and Phil wear have seen better days. Like they look like, you know, those old rock and roll t-shirts that you see that are just like, that's what these have become. Yep. I don't wear old rock and roll shirts. I wear, <laughs> you know, nice shirts. So we need to like man up on that too. Um, and we can do hats. Special and we order. can do hats. Special order. If you want, I, I need to put that on a website. I haven't, um, but yeah, I need to order just a couple and just, and then sell them um i love my hat fits really great you know and i wear it every day i feel super bad because when like a couple of weeks ago my wife and i and her family went out to breakfast and we're standing in line at um at swami's nice and dave from brixton walks around the corner and oh, is no. like <laughs> he's like what's up man and i'm wearing a drum brigade shirt and a drum brigade hat this dude brixton has like given me hats and stuff for probably like 12 or 13 years and here i am not wearing anything brixton oops and i'm like hey man but like i don't wear drum brigade stuff on stage i only wear brixton stuff on stage well we could put the logo on on one of their hats i know yeah, I don't want to do that. I just, um, dude, I love Brixton. It's like, I, I never thought there was a company I would love more than Fred Perry, but Brixton is way better. I love, you guys know that I love like some fashion stuff. So Brixton is the ticket. But the good thing is my wife was kind of decked out. She had like a Brixton shirt and a Brixton hat on. And so he looked at me and then he looked at my, and I look like a huge nerd, dude. I think I was wearing like flip flops and like shorts and like, <laughs> I was just such a dork, like, this guy is like this is the, this dork is who we're like giving stuff to like represent our company. Uh, not sure about this guy, um, but my wife looked all like all Brixtoned out, so she's got the steez. So she's like holding it down. She's like, it's a good thing I was wearing this stuff, and I'm like, well, yeah, but I, I don't think he cares. But you know, it's cool. But you know, I think he also understands that you got to represent your own company because he was decked out in Brixton stuff. Yeah. So, um. 
All right. Anyways, enough of the stories, Phil. Let me talk about us. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we both have a Patreon for the Drum Brigade. Let's go and support that. I, I promise we're going to switch it up. Also, there are some talks about us starting some new podcasts. I know we're just in the brainstorming stage, but I really am liking this one idea. And um, I'm talking to some of the other musicians about this one idea, completely different podcast that we're going to make and we're going to give it to our Patreons first. Oh yeah. yeah. And it's going to be like Patreon gets it first for like a while. And then down the road, you may or may not get it Mm. or you might get half of it, Mm. but you can listen to the rest of it on Patreon and you're not going to want to miss this, but like not, you'll get like half of a single episode and you won't get to finish exactly any of them. Exactly. (laughs) I'm thinking that's what we're going to do because Patreon is not coming through, you know, but, um, so I don't know, but this show might be too good to like, not, we might, we might need to do a Patreon show though only. And, um, I think we're, we, we got to work on an exclusive Patreon show. So we got some brainstorming to do, but we need to step up our Patreon game because it's not happening right now. People, we need your help. You know, I'm being honest. I'm being real with you. Candid. Yeah, really real. <laughs> Honestly, though, this new podcast idea—it's a good it's idea. It's coming together. I think I just, it, it could be rad. Yeah, and this, this, it—it's—we're gonna still keep the Drum Brigade podcast, people. All right, so don't worry about that. But we need more content. One day a week is not enough. Mm-hmm. You need to hear our voices more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we want to go like in a completely different direction on a on a different show. It's not about my soapbox and me being animated and all that stuff. It's more different. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so you may or may not like it, but we'll see. And we got some other stuff in the works, too. We're working on it. All right? We're working on it ourselves. I'm still working on it myself. <laughs> all right? Um, anyways, <laughs> so go to our Patreon for right now if you want to help us out. If you want to help us out, that'll help us even more so be able to do these new shows and add more content and exclusive content for you only. So... Um, there's already some, I think there's like three episodes up. There's an amazing soapbox, exclusive soapbox. Um, is that the infamous cement blocks? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That is, that is a good one. One of the best. Um, exclusive soapbox only for our Patreons. And uh, there's some other stuff too. There's one of just me talking about the new studio. There's one of us, I think, recording some. We got we to gotta record another um, Patreon episode. So anyways, uh, go hook that up. Both Phil and I have websites, philpardell, P-A-R-D-E-L-L.com, coreykingston.com. There's all kinds of content up there, including Phil's, some, Phil's, some of Phil's lessons and uh, play-alongs and all that stuff, and my A Day in a Life of a Drummer uh, vlog. Really, you guys should check that out because I put a lot of work into it, and it's really fun. It's a passion project. It's just a hobby for me. Um, and you could follow me around and see my personality and watch me play and all that stuff. So, yeah, go ahead and do it. Um, it's what we do at Drum Brigade, you know, products, podcast, family, community, camaraderie, drum sheds, drum events, all that stuff. Dude, if we're going to do an after party at NAM, we need to get on this now. <laughs> we need That's to get so on soon. this now. <laughs> we need to get on this now because it's like <laughs> October. October and it's just a couple months away. So now would be a great time to start planning. I don't want to do it if we can't get the bands that I want to get though, but it's going to be super dope. Like if we can do it, bro, 
It'll be rad. This is going to be the event of Nam. Like the dopest bands, open shedding, hanging out. It's going to be dope. It's going to be like dope. We like should call dope. it the Drum Brigade Nam, like dope Nam after party. <laughs> I think that's what it's going to be called. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> Drum Brigade, like dope Nam after party. That's what it is. All right. So we need to get on that. We need to, we need to get money from people. Like we need to get sponsors and we need to get bands booked and we need to get like a warehouse booked or a, we're not doing it at that brewery, dude. <laughs> It's, it's, we're going bigger than that. Yeah. Maybe we do it at House of Blues and we just get like Moonchild to play. <laughs> we need a lot of money though. Man. And sponsors. <laughs> we need like a beer sponsor. For real. Um, all right. So we got, we got that stuff covered. Um, let's get into it before we get Zach on. You ready? Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 I want to get JD Beck and Damian Keys to play at our event. That'd be cool. I, I don't know though. They're like, like I know JD Beck not super well. Like I don't like talk to him and stuff. But like, um, obviously, if we like see each other, he's like, "What's up?" But he's kind of big time now, dude. <laughs> he's still only like sixteen or seventeen, but they're like, I don't know how to describe them. But they're so like hipster, odd, you know, like kids that. I feel like if we're like, hey, we want to book you for our event, they'll be like, that's dumb, and then just walk away. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. Um, What's going on, Funky Phil? What's happening? Well, not much. (laughs) It's been a good week. It it hasn't been as busy a week this week, but uh, at least on my end. I I got some quality dad time in. Oh, that's good. I got some naps yesterday. Oh, man, you need one, Phil. Plural. I took at least two naps yesterday. Did you feel bad about it? Or were you just like, no, no I'm doing this? I felt awesome. Yeah. One of them, I had a baby on my chest. Dang it. I want that. And he cast his little baby sleep spell on me. And oh. we just like laid on the couch and napped for like at least an hour and a half. I would give anything for that. It was glorious. <laughs> Sometimes I, played, I have a kitty nap. <laughs> I played not one, but two different RoboDrum types. Oh, yeah. I know. I didn't. I didn't touch acoustic drums. So you're moving over. You're just exclusive Robo no, drums. No, now. no. Yeah, right. I know you, dude. I, Selling those vessel drums. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, it's weird though, because one of them. All right. So one of them, I was subbing uh, with a band at Pala Casino. Oh yeah. And they have, stressed out about that gig last week. I was man. I don't, <laughs> dude. I hate subbing. I think I just. I don't. I don't like. I like. I know it's good for me to get me out of my comfort zone and, you know, have to learn. But, dude, like, you know, they send you a list. The list was 70 songs on the list. That's crazy talk. 70 songs. But and you know, I get, did you know, like, 80% of them? I, yeah, I knew over half of them. But, and then there was a bunch that, you know, I've, I've heard everything pretty much except for some of the, the new pop ones. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's different if you're knowing them and being able to like confidently play them and, yeah. and count them in and end them right and all that. Is are like, they that much of a stickler though? Like that's not the bass drum pattern, or are they just like, yeah, we're good? It's no. just Paula Casino. No, no one is that much of a. You know, it's it's myself. Yeah. It's really myself. Yeah. Because honestly, 
seriously, if but, I got called for this gig, I'd be like, yeah, we're good. It's I know, all 4-4, four, four, man. I know. You would just show up and you'd like <laughs> ace it and kill it. No. And I'd be like just I would super, listen to them. super chill. But most of these songs we don't have to listen to. We know them. Yeah. Well, some of them, I don't know, dude. Like they had like foreplay long time. You know that song? Yeah, no. That song is just like, you, you've heard it though, right? Mm. Yeah. Well, I would have to listen to that one. It starts with this elaborate like keyboard solo slash drum thing where they're like all these really specific hits and fills and like stops and then like. Did you even do that one, though? We didn't even play that one. I know. Yeah. See, that's what I'm I saying. Ch- I, ch- I, f- I charted it out, though, in case we had to. <laughs> no, I would be but... <laughs> like, hey, I don't know this one, so let's just play something else. See, you have, I think you have a much healthier disposition yeah. when it comes to this. No, because at the end of the day, it's Paula Casino, and it doesn't pay like super well. It pays, but it's like... They do five sets now. And then five sets. Yeah. No dinner? No. Well, they're five 40-minute sets. So okay. the sets aren't as long, but they and they got rid of the dinner break but it's still like, so you don't get to eat at all do they give you like a voucher yeah but i guess what you they do you like order it on one break and pick it up on the next one. Oh my gosh kind of vibe. so you're supposed to eat before or after now right i get. i don't know Dude, i think I'm i mean they still my... give you a they still give you a voucher but it's that uh, sucks they've got they definitely got better lights oh, yeah. and they have like these dangly chains behind the stage oh that's good. that are lit up so it looks it looks a lot better but honestly, the the vibe was still pretty um, lackluster. Yeah, because they it's so that gig would be a hundred percent better if they put the music loud enough to hear it. Yeah, like you don't. could seriously when I play there, you can hear the pads of the drums, like me hitting the pads of the drums louder than the actual yeah. samples of the drums. You can hear it out in the bar. In the, yeah, you can hear like that. Yeah. It's so dumb. But then when you stop, the music that plays in the background, like the the, the break music, oh, yeah. is louder like, than you. It's twice as loud. It's yeah. so dumb. I don't and get we've it. always been like, can you guys just turn it up? Yeah. Can you just turn it up a little bit? We look like weirdo, like Chuck E. Cheese robots up here playing with no music. Yeah. Like, it's too dang quiet. And, and oh my gosh, don't get me going. But on at that. least they've got v, the V drums are so much better. Than really? Those, than the Elisis ones. Normally, whenever I've played there, too, those V-drums are so hammered. I mean, they still suck. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, those were the worst ones out of any but, of them. But compared to the Elisis ones that everyone, uh, the, all the other casinos seem to be using, they're like, they're so glorious compared to them. Because it, it's, it's, I don't know, they're just that more, way more dynamic. They work better. But it was funny because I had this weird issue where the hi-hat... The um, rope they had a robo hi hat, you know. Mm-hmm. Those are always bad, terrible, no matter the what. The worst. But I couldn't. I had it maxed out on this little fader, and I still could barely hear it. Yeah. And I had to pull everything down, and and it was still for some reason it, I don't know what what I've, was up, but it I couldn't hear it really. I've ran through this same problem so often, and it's annoying. Or like the ride symbol, it's just yeah. Forget. I mean, that gig, I used to play that gig so often that I would just be like, it is what it is. And I'm just, no one is listening. No one cares. I would, the only problem was I was never playing, like I was always subbing. So I was never playing with a band that was like my band where I could just practice stuff. Yeah. This just doesn't matter. No one's watching. Like no one cares. But like when I play there with Clay Colton, I was like, look, I could take her or leave it. Like, I don't need this gig. I'm happy to make some money. So I would just practice stuff like weird fills and Stuff that I or practice like <laughs> playing left-handed, you know, or whatever, because it's dumb. Nobody's watching you. Nobody's listening. No, nobody cares. Um, 
And so I would just, I, I just kind of changed my mentality of like, I'm not here to like do my best on drums because I'm not really playing drums. I'm just a guy filling a spot, you know, and these drums aren't allowing me to do what I do. Mm-hmm. I would get in huge arguments with Clay Colton, dude. Like Clay Colton's just a local like singer guy, um, local musician. And, um, I would get in these huge arguments about the drums. I'm like, you got to do something about this. Like, this is not acceptable. You know, I'm, and he would just be like, dude, it's just a gig, man. Just play your gig. And I'm like, I don't do that. Like I'm trying my best to every gig I play, I put my best foot forward and try to play my best and show what I do. Like whether that, you know, that doesn't mean I go in and and ham it up all, all night. I just, I want to, I want to, when I'm on the stage, I want the best version of me to be on there. And I can't do that with these dumb drums and the volume issue. Yeah. It's, so I it's, just stopped caring. Yeah, I get it. It was funny, though, because then the uh, the other one I did was on, uh, was at Hamul Casino. Mm. And they use those dreadful Elisa's drums that I hate so much. But their hi-hat controller broke oh, a great. long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> long time ago and they came up with a unique solution they use real hi-hats wow so real hi-hats everything else robo so they have a mic on the hi-hats and, wow. then, and then everything else is robo and <laughs> it's it's usually it's actually kind of nice because it's the one thing i can always depend on actually working yeah how it's supposed to and that but this time that we had like the worst sound man I've ever had there. Oh boy, the guy had such an attitude. Grumpy sound man. Oh, oh no. my god, dude, it was it was so weird. And this is with this is with Cassie, and she's like, we're all everyone's super nice and cool, and you know, it was like one of the like we show up and plug in, and he's like, all right, you guys want to just play through a song, and then we'll do some levels or whatever. <laughs> and um, no one could even hear their own instruments. They're they like, I can't, I can't hear my own instrument. He's like, it's even. good, and he was given attitude. He's like. Well, you got you got you could turn up or oh my and gosh, it was, it was just like everything was our fault. Yeah, you know, it was one of those one of those sound dudes where it was all us. We were the problem, dude. The and, casino soundmen. It's like they just get the guy that's like a blackjack dealer one day, and they're just like, okay, we're moving you over to soundman. They have no idea what they're doing ever, and it's just it. like it's so bad, dude. It's yeah. so bad. But we we persevered and still had fun. But it was it was a grind. Yeah. Anyway, that was that was most of my my week in a nutshell. That's how was, cool. How was your week? Um, it was good, man. It was uh, I had a really good week. But I, so it's my anniversary. Woo! Yeah, fourteen years. Fourteen years, people. Fourteen years. That's right. Um, we uh, this was a really weird year. Me and my wife normally go hard on our anniversary. Like we we go gross. Like, <laughs> not like that phil like we we go on vacation that's our vacation time that's our time together yeah we just every year we kind of it's our thing to like continue our honeymoon or whatever so we go on vacation we travel somewhere the last two years or so we have been kind of grinding on not like that phil <laughs> not like that okay <laughs> We've been just trying to work and pay off bills so that we can go on an extravagant trip for our 15th. So I don't know what we haven't planned that yet, but my plan is to have our bills paid off so that we can do that. Dang. Um, So, so yeah. So, I mean, who knows if that's possible, but we'll see. Anyways, uh, 
So this year we didn't do much, man. We, we stayed like I continued working all week, which sucks for my wife, but like she had to work too. She couldn't get off days of work. Um, so her job, like she has no more sick days. So she was like, I, I'm, I took off Tuesday, which is our anniversary. So we can have that day. And then I was like, okay, well we're still working in Lily on keys from Lily Rose, you know, for Marcel's gig. Cause Marcel's in there. So it's a weird situation where I can't not be there for right now. Yeah. If we have a sub, it kind of goes off the rails. So we are trying to establish this thing with her to get tight and it's, it's necessary for me to be there. So James was kind of panicking, like, Oh man. Okay. Well like, yeah, it's your anniversary. Marcel was like, yeah, it's cool. It's your anniversary. You don't have to be there. But I was just kind of like, no, I'm going to be there. So we, um, Instead, we decided to just have a nice dinner at um, Eddie V's while I'm playing drums there. <laughs> no, really? And then we stayed down downtown in San Diego. And so it was oh, you cool. guys got a room? Yeah. That's cool. It was totally cool. And then me and my buddy went out after the girls. It was him and his wife's anniversary, too. So they met us for dinner. And then on the breaks, I had dinner with them. And um, it ended up being totally cool. And then we left. And then we went back to the room. And the girls were like, we're tired. We want to go to sleep. And then I'm like, well, I want to go out. So me and him went to the Latin jam. Was this last night? This was on Tuesday. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, I just said that. <clears throat> and we went to the Latin jam in um, at, at Prohibition on Tuesdays. Nice. So dope. Is that Bill Caballero's one? Or no. This is a different one, It's right? Mike. Uh, I forget Mike's last name, but it's a trombone player. Okay. Mikey. Uh, it's, it's a good jam. I sat in. On timbales. Whoa. I was out of my element. And I'm Puerto Rican, dude. Standing (laughs) up drums. I'd be so scared. (laughs) Standing up up with a kick drum. And then a snare, timbales, cowbells, a cymbal, two cymbals. All standing up. Also, there's no no drum kit, right? No. It's just like percussion section, like traditional. Yeah. That's cool. And it was really bizarre. It was really weird, dude. Like, you know how they say, man, it's in your blood. Like... It was really true. Like it, like, cause I didn't, I was dude fish out of water. Like I, okay. He goes, come on, come on up, man. And I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know. I was just hanging out, like drinking a drink. And like, he's like, no, Corey, come on. And I'm like, nah, man, come on. I'm not trying to be like, no, I couldn't. Like, I really can't. I don't know, <laughs> you know? And, uh, he's like, nah, man, we'll just play a cha-cha. I'm like, oh God. All right. So I'm like, I can do that on a drum kit, but I'm just, they're just like, yeah, dude, you're fine. Just come on. So then the guy's looking at me like, you're, you're, you're sure you're good. I'm like, I mean, I guess I don't know. And so he hands me timbali sticks. Sick. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> those don't feel like real drumsticks to me. <laughs> I do like a double on one of his timbalis. He's like, you're good, man. Come on. I'm like, dude, it's very deceiving. Like, yeah, I know how to play drum set. I'm not a timbalero, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so. We start the song, and everybody was like, bro, that was amazing. I didn't know you can play like that. And I'm like, I can't. I don't know. I'm just really good at faking. <laughs> and we had, like, this little battle of, like, he was on, that guy moved to congas and, and then was soloing, and we are trading forths. And they were like, man, you can play. Why don't you ever come to this jam? And I'm like, stop, okay? Just stop. <laughs> Anyways, it was fun, man. That it sounds was, fun. I, I love getting out of my element and 
being in like pushed to, you know, like when I go to the jazz jam, I feel like I shouldn't be sitting in, but I love like, I mean, obviously we know how to play drums. Yeah. Um, and so I love when you get out of your element and people are impressed by your ability. Like, dude, why don't you come to the jazz jam? You, you can play jazz. And I'm like, no, I can't like, I can play jazz spangalang, you know, but like, I can't really, you, you know, like play. I'm not comping really well. Like I'm not see. All right. You've got this thing where you, I think. So on one hand, you've got this really great, um, I don't know what you call it, intuition, where you know you've you've reached a level a level of musicianship and playing in your career where you can see the vast ocean <laughs> of things that, that that you can't do and things that you don't you you don't feel like confident in, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's like you know, that's where everybody should be. Yeah. At. But I feel like you sell yourself short sometimes. I know. Like you get overwhelmed with that ocean, but Dude, you can play. Yeah, you can know, play but, all those styles. But it's it, it, it's true. <laughs> but like, but the thing is, I feel like okay, at this level that we we put ourselves on, or the level that I want to be on, I'm not even close to what I should be doing. Like, if that makes sense. And yeah. so I need to work on it. That's my plan. I'm going to work on it so I can stop being like I can't play jazz. Like I can I can play, but I want to be like I want to be very comfortable at like comping with my by snare and kick drum and my hi-hat foot and like i can't i can't, i'm very limited on that i'm very limited to hi-hat work on two and four mm. you know and and i don't want to be like i want to sound like i don't know bill stewart or see yeah you're like i can't play jazz because i can't play like bill stewart yeah but no one can play like bill stewart i know but <laughs> but that's what i'm hearing in my head you know and and I don't know. I'd be like, I can't play drums because I can't play like Vinny. No, like I'm really comfortable playing pop music and, and stuff. And like, I, I feel like Vinny, Vinny, Vinny is like a perfect drummer. He's an amazing drummer, but, but, um, he's my favorite drummer, but I feel like some of his stuff is attainable. It's like rudiment stuff. And, and it's just the way that he places it and his approach to it. So that stuff, like when I play on a pop gig, it's like, I got this. It's not, it's not like, I don't, I can't play pop. It's just like, I know the, the approach. I know the intensity. I know the feel, you know, and jazz, everybody says you have a great feel and I'm happy with that, but I don't want to have a great feel. I want to be like, since I was a kid, I've always wanted to be a really good at playing jazz. So I got to work on it and I, I've never known what to work on. I've just listened to jazz records and been like, man, I don't understand what they're doing. But now I'm getting a little bit of a grasp on it, so I have to work on it. The same thing I feel about Odd Times. It's like, can I play a song in five? Yeah, like T. Gross's songs are in like five and seven and nine, and it's cool. But I have to like work on it. But like on the fly, yesterday we were going out on this like dinner set, and then Kevin's like, "Let's do his solo in seven and then started playing in seven. And I'm like, "What? Wait, wait, hold on a second. Wait a minute." <laughs> Like, and I'm falling on my face. Like, wait, I can't just go to seven like that. Like, it's not that simple. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. I'm not comfortable playing in odd times. Like I am playing in four, four. I'm comfortable playing like that. Yeah. I want to be comfortable in odd times. So I have to work on that. Me too. That's all I'm saying. Like, can I play in odd times? Yeah. But not like I can in a regular song, like in a four, four song. So I got to work on it. Yeah. Can I play jazz? Okay, yeah, I can play Spangalang on the ride. 
He but, can do more than that. Okay, but I want to be able to comp like comfortably without overthinking it. Yeah. I want to just Yeah. Anyways, I sat in with the Latin band. It was super fun. That was a fun night and um got back way too late. Didn't even drink that much, but because I'm not used to going out that late, I was struggling the next day. Dude. <laughs> holy moly. You guys get some good breakfast. I started eating eggs. Yes. That that next day was the first day I ate one egg. Oh my gosh, that must have been great. It was delicious. I, I, I like I was struggling so bad that I was just like, This is so good. This is so good. The next day I went a little harder on eggs. Nice. And then the next day I had an egg burrito. Oh yeah. And that messed me up. I had a super bad migraine. Oh. Um and so I'm like, okay, maybe I just like have a egg here and there. Um anyways, yeah. So and I just worked the rest of the week, my normal gigs. Um and then Saturday we went on a boat cruise. I took the night off on Saturday. Woo! Turned down my gig on Saturday. Dang. So we can go on a dinner cruise. It's restaurant week in San Diego. Went on a dinner cruise with a bunch of our friends. I have a soapbox. Was there a live band playing? No, there was a DJ and he was horrible. Sick. Dude, what is with DJs and playing dumb versions of great songs? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're taking like a Motown song and and then putting like an 808 kick. Exactly. All four beats. This is exactly what he was. Yeah. Ain't a mountain high. (laughs) It was exactly (laughs) that. Exactly that. He's like, and here's a great version of this song, some Motown song. And don't forget the filter sweep. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it was, this This was fun. It was cool. We went with a lot of people from like our congregation and our friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. But there is a massive soapbox about this. <laughs> I cannot get on it right now. I'm going to have to wait. get on it after Zach comes on. Because I can't wait to hear that. I have two. I have two. My gig last night. And this boat gig, this boat cruise. Well, just give me a nugget. What was was it? A wedding last night or a wedding last night? Okay, yeah. Oh yeah, with the schmucky medals, with the schmuckies. <laughs> oh man. Um. So soapboxes after our guest, but other than that, we had some fun. Nice. Boat DJ was kind of bad. He's a nice guy, but he was like, this cruise was like everybody on the cruise was fifty and over. Ooh. And then we had some of our friends that were younger, but so it was like that kind of DJ. He was like in his sixties, fifties or sixties and just a dork just, but he was massacring like classic songs. There wasn't one song. Like at first he was playing great songs, like old, old, like low rider oldies and like, you know, like earth, wind and fire and stuff like that. As soon as the dancing started, it was like line dances or like electric slides. <sighs> yeah. Like, like, Left foot now, y'all. <laughs> right foot now, y'all. Charlie Brown. <laughs> I hate that song. Dude. What was that one called? I don't know. <laughs> everybody clap, clap your hands. Your hands. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's on the dance floor, but like adding their own moves into dude, it. Dude, I don't get it. What is? Why do people like that? It was that one. God, dude. that's the worst when you're playing a gig at, like at a casino or whatever, and you do you're like just finish your set, and it's there's like a few people dancing or whatever, and then they put on that song, and everybody just everybody floods comes the floor. On, They're yeah. like, yes, that's a Viejas Casino song, dude. The, you know, or a, the Hamul. They they, they oh, go yeah. 
ape for that song. <laughs> they play it. I feel like they play it on every set break. Cha cha now, y'all. <laughs> Charlie Brown. <laughs> what the heck is that? Gosh, I hate that song. Okay, so it was that. <laughs> that it was that, and then it was like remakes of dope songs. <laughs> I was like done with this guy. Uh, there was a couple colossal mistakes, like a colossal fails, like a song. Like he's like, all right, he was singing the words ahead of time. No, like then he would. There was one point where he's playing some song, and then he hit a button, and the song started over. Oh, and then he's like, oh, I'm sorry about that, my mistake. And he's like trying to skip it forward to where it was. I'm like, who is this guy? Oh my god! Yeah, it was fun though, man. It was fun. So, anyways, all right, we're gonna get we're gonna get Zach on now, and then we're gonna come back with soapboxes and all that jazz. Yes, Zach Nager coming up. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drum Brigade podcast episode fifty six. Oh, yeah, here in the Beat Locker. Funky Phil, guess what? What? We got a guest on the line, one of the homies. Yes. Oh, yeah. Funky, 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 funky dude, man. Funky as a gift. <laughs> one of the funkiest. <laughs> <laughs> that voice you hear, that laugh you hear in the background, the one, the only, Zach Nager. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. No applause. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. Founding member of the Grey Boy All Stars, Carl Denson's Tiny Universe, Zbonics, Gregory Porter, Everlast, many, many more. You've recorded on so many albums, dude. Just one of the one of the all time funkiest dudes out there. Just laying it down, the deep funk, the sixteenth note, single hand hi hat swung patterns, all up in your face. So sick, man. Wow. <laughs> so sick. I'm blushing over here, man. I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> I just got this note. It says it it's um it says Zach Nager funky question mark dot 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 I think not signed funky Phil. What the heck, Phil? Shut up, Corey. <laughs> wow. Dang Phil, good. why would you say that? You're so messed up. <laughs> Corey's making okay, things man. Corey's making things <laughs> up over here. <laughs> he likes to throw me right under a bus every every episode. We all, we all know Phil's a big trash talker, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know Phil, that's one thing he does. Dude, sometimes <laughs> yeah. I'll just like, he just passes me these notes like, like, hey, say this on the air right before you come on the air. I'm like, Phil, I can't say that. <laughs> and then he just, I just, I go out on a limb and say it like I don't know why. And Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just kidding. No, Phil would never, ever say anything like that. Um, <laughs> and that is definitely not true. Um, anyways, how are you doing, man? Thanks for coming on the show. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm actually driving across the country right now. I'm in, I'm what? in the great state of Texas right now. Whoa. Whoa. That's cool. I'm, I'm, uh, I agreed to drive. We're going on tour with Thievery Corporation for a month. Whoa. So I, I agreed to drive, drive the, uh, Penske truck all the way across the country. Wow. <laughs> nice. Dude. So you guys are starting on the East coast. Yeah, we're starting in, uh, in in South Carolina, and the thing is, I get to bring my own drones. Nice. Um, we got a cool Star Classic, you know, with red oyster finish. Oh, nice. And, um, you know, I, I rarely get to use my own kit, so, like, I'm bringing all the gear, and that'll save us on backline. Yeah. And stuff like that, you know. But, uh, I mean, I, at first I hesitated, you know, driving all the way across the country, but I'm really enjoying it, yeah, you know? that's awesome. 
haven't been listening to the radio or anything, just thinking, you know, man, that's great. great. That's cool. Um, tell us about your, your backline setup. So like, cause I know one thing I know is you're not like just a, yeah, man, just give me a DW like 22, (laughs) 10, 14, whatever. It's like, it's a unique setup. The toms are all like, you know, dampened and, you know, taped up and, (laughs) you know, so tell us about your backline setup. Well, it's, it's a Thomas Star Classic, and it really is just a fusion kit. It's yeah. a 10, 12, 14. Um, I, I've had a couple of those Studio Lab snare drums that they have. Nice. And um, I had to kind of sell them back a couple times, but I, the, the recent one I have is Spruce. And, of course, I, I believe it has uh, die-cast hoops wow. on it, which is really cool. And um, I kind of like the David Garibaldi 2 sound level concept. Nice. Yeah. So that kind of steers me away from anything medium t- tone on the snare. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, recently I fell in love with just like symbols that reflect that that really project like a customs and so forth. Because oh, really? getting older, yeah, getting older, don't like to have to like hit as hard to just get a good projected. Thing. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, you're great, loud and clear. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, I did this thing with Stanton Moore. Like, we were doing this double drum thing, and, uh, you know, of course, he and um, Jeff Hamilton started that new line of cymbals, you know, the um, the crescent cymbals. Oh, yeah. So um, I was able to get, like, kind of some uh, prototypes, a whole set for those. So that that's what I'm using for cymbals. I mean, I think it's probably be better better to have kind of like that lo-fi, you know, and I think that's what they're going for is more of a lo-fi cymbal mm-hmm. program, you know what I mean? And... Um, it's definitely different from the projecting type symbols that, that we see on the market that are really cool. But so that's basically the kit, man. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I, I hear a lot of criticism about like dampening toms and so forth, like to throwback or whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't like a lot of ringing. I mean, yeah. I think it's cool to be able to hear space in between the notes, you know, and if your toms ring too much, it's just not that funky, honestly. Man, that, so, I love that. That's like, I well think put. that's so well awesome. Put. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, if you're playing in some like fusion band or something, you want to sound like Dave Weckl. Not that that's <laughs> bad. That's cool. But like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like that's the sound, you know, it's like, well, I, th- I think, Karen, I think Karen Carpenter's Tom sound is much funkier than, than Dave Weckl's Tom. Yeah, sound, man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I mean, like the whole criticism about like, why do you take the bottom heads off sometimes and this and that, and you're stuck in the past and, I'm, I'm sorry to sound like I have a chip on my shoulder, but we are talking about like kind of the one particular thing that I do get criticism from, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I, my philosophy is that I think the past has ultimate relevance in the, in the, in the present, you know, and, yeah. and in, in regards to just like the Tom ringing sound and, and you just, even what we've seen in the eighties with these DW kits with this like incredibly like um, obnoxious Tom, tone that has like three different parts to it and it bends and all that stuff i think all of that comes from the whole world of like charging five thousand dollars for a drum set mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> none of that stuff gets sampled right you know, because it just doesn't work i mean when i'm when i'm scrolling through tom sounds on my keyboard like like i'm gonna stop on the mid 90s like fusion tom sound <laughs> you know with, you know what i mean like yeah man it's it, I mean, you might as well, you know, have a ponytail and, and just, like, <laughs> just, 
go all the way if that's what you're about. But then again, you know, a lot of people shape their whole you know, ethos as a musician on those drum instructional videos. That's right. their vibe. Right. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not music that people listen to. You know what I'm saying? So anybody, you know, like, <laughs> like I think it's much, it's much tighter. You listen to all that trap stuff, you know, listen to all the drums, Dude. preferred drum sounds that people like, you know, there's space in between the notes, you exactly. know, so you can, are, you can articulate. So I hope I hope um, I hope I brought some shed some light. I love this so <laughs> much. I love this so much right now. This is why I asked this question. Exactly why I asked this question. So great. Um, there's yeah, so much truth to that, though. Like any of these kids or any of our students or anybody that's listening, there is so much truth in that, man. Because you have a sound. And it's, it's, dude, it's iconic and timeless. There's a reason why the records we listen to, the drums sound like that. You know, the, the songs that are timeless, that are still, you know, listened to, the records that yeah. we listen to, or the, the breakbeats that are sampled in hip hop or whatever, is like, there's a reason for that. <laughs> it's because mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. drum sounds are iconic, man. And it's, it's, ama- yeah. it's amazing that you can capture that and you, you know, you're, you're authentic to that. You have integrity for that. It's well, awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm making light of it as well, but I think that, you know, you're, you're even helping to sort of explain a little bit more what I'm, what I'm trying to say, you know, like nobody wants to be put down, you know, but yeah. I think in the art, in the world of art and stuff like that, you know, um, you can get downgraded a little bit when you when you do kind of come from more of a traditional, um, you know, th- way of thinking. But I just think with with drum technology and the and the miking of acoustic drums, I think it basically reached its peak in probably the early '80s. It it, it, it just you haven't been able to improve on it. I mean, yeah. I don't think that grunge drum sounds are good. Yeah. You know, what I mean? like, <laughs> you know and, and any of that marble mouth rock that we hear, you know, like, uh, like, I mean, it, it's, it's so like overinflated and it's just ridiculous. Like it, it, it does, it hasn't stood the test of time, you know what I mean? But, but yeah. those disco sounds really have as much people hate disco you know, or hated it, and I don't know if you guys, you might be too young, but, like, everybody started saying disco sucks and stuff. Those drum sounds are, like, the, I mean, all that cooling gang stuff, everything, like, that is the yeah. heat right there Yeah, um, for a lot of stuff. So, anyway, you know what I mean? It's it's all subjective in the same way. I'm kind of repeating myself. No, but, you I know love I mean? it. That's a, that's you encouraged it, though, Corey. <laughs> <I know. laughs> this is, like, it's so, this is, like, I, I mean, it's so perfect for the drum brigade, like, cause we're so, this is, this is meant to be a platform from drum for drummers to have a voice. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so yeah. this kind yeah. of subject and this kind of like a strong opinions about things is what we love. It's, it's cool. Especially when it's true, you know, it's cool. Like, you know, my drums don't, I don't play a lot of gigs where I have to use that kind of, those kind of, you know, that kind of setup, but it's, it's great, man. But you know, I've gone through a lot of that with, with playing reggae, you know, like yeah. real reggae or like traditional reggae, like old school sixties, seventies reggae, and um, yeah, there was one time I, I I don't know if I've told this story on the on the show before, but um, I was playing with scientists yeah. like um, and he I showed up I was like a like probably twenty or twenty one or something twenty two, and uh-huh. um, I showed up with my regular I just had like a Yamaha drum kit and uh, he was like, what kind of beater do you have? I was like, oh, I have a <laughs> felt beater or whatever, and he's just like, that's not going to work. And then this dude didn't even ask questions. He just started tuning up my drums, taping up toms, 
taping up the snare, put like a, a towel on half of the snare and then like gaff taped it yeah. on there. Put uh put um went to the guitar center or whatever, got a, a wood beater, taped a quarter uh. taped a quarter onto my kick drum, and then uh. where the beater touches it. And I was like, what is he doing to my drums, dude? I'm like, what are you doing to my drums? <laughs> Bro, they used my drums as the back line for that whole night. And I walked out front, and my drums had never sounded better than that. And then I right. went on to use who, those. Now, who is this guy? Who, who was this guy again? Scientist is just like a, a, like a reggae producer and dub guy. Oh. And um, he's an engineer, studio engineer. And he's, he's from the old school of like... When they were really you're not talking about mad scientists. You're not talking mad scientists. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I have a couple of his albums on vinyl. I, I, dude, I love that stuff. Bro, he, this dude knows all the tricks to get your drums to sound like any drum kit to sound like the best for that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I couldn't believe it. And then he was also doing front of house that night, and I just could not believe how my drums sounded that night. It was amazing. Yeah, and it was. I bet. Yeah, and so we, I did a reggae album like that. And we did. We used all those techniques, and it was the same thing. We're just like, "Oh my god, these drums sound amazing!" You know, and it was just <laughs> same, same. That's stuff. cool, man. So yeah, man, and it's the same thing where a lot of people have been like, "What? How did you get your drums to? How did you get your snare to sound like that?" You know, and it's like kind of like, "Yeah, well, you know, it's just we listen to the music." So you know, it's like we we've learned right. from other guys that have made the music, and like you know, and and you can criticize or you can be like, ah, that, that snare is too compressed or whatever you want to say. But mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, that a lot of people have been searching for that sound. So it's, it's dope, man. It's really cool. So, yeah. Um, That's dude, we shared on, we, we played on an album together, which I'm very proud of. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bobby Caressi album. Not too long cool. ago. Yeah. Your, your tracks are so great, man. So funky killer. Oh, appreciate it, man. That was fun. I remember I saw you there, man. I was a little intimidated, but it's all good. <laughs> yeah, right, dude. <laughs> yeah, I think that was yeah, the first time. Yeah, when I met time... Phil, yeah, Phil scared me a little bit, too. But, you know, I mean, I, I'll tell you right now, though, when I first saw you play at uh, that LDB thing, man, it was it was, it was was sweet, man. I loved it. I got to tell you, yeah. I never even, t- I don't think I told you, man, but I really loved it. You know what I mean? That's cool. Oh, and uh, I just watched it. <laughs> I keep telling Killing him, it. Phil's a great drummer, man, and he's he's got some skills, dude. But he, dude, he listens to like nothing but funk all the time. Yeah, like your stuff. So that's why we call him Funky Phil. <laughs> man, Phil, Phil and I did a gig together too. Man, we did a wedding and and uh, it was cool. We traded off on the drums. Phil's crushing it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and that ride symbol, Phil, you had you brought out, man. That 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 twenty four inch ride. Oh yeah, <laughs> that thing was everything, dude. That what was, was that, happening. T symbol. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He rocked it stuff. on the the jazz the jazz trio section uh, yeah. that was fun that was a fun gig i really i really liked just playing percussion man <laughs> that was awesome. i would love to see yeah. that both you guys but then, you, but, so but then you got but then yeah but then he got on the drums and he had his left hand on the hi-hat and i'm like oh man this is too much dude this guy <laughs> you know what i mean like dude. you know like when people do that man i i you, there's something about that style, that, that left-handed, that open sound. You know what I mean? It's you can't touch it. Yeah. You know, Chuck McPherson, he used to rock like that. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, you know what I mean. But, but back to that Bobby Cressy thing, man. That was cool, man. Did uh, uh, I think I did one cut on that. I yeah, I only did one too. I did I did the reggae one, like, but um, I I want I wish I could have done some of the others, but yeah, I get I get typecast a lot with Bobby. 
<laughs> he's like, yeah, you're good for reggae and ska, but nothing else. I'll, I'll That's get the real dude. Up, dude. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool though because like like Fig did the the fusion track on there, and then right. like Holgeen did the Latin tracks. You did the funky stuff, and I think your brother did a couple of the funky ones too. And so I'm like, he yeah. got the best dudes for what they do you know, in San Diego. I think that's, that's fitting. Like, I'm not going to jump on a funk track because I, yeah, I could fake it, but it ain't going to be like you guys playing on it, you know? And like, I could have probably, Oh my God, dude, I, come on. Don't be self-deprecating, man. You guys, <laughs> you sound so good, man. man believe me, believe me. You, you got to walk away from this. A. you got to walk away from this interview. Believing in yourself, man. You, can, you need to be, listen, you need to be like Sasquatch, man. Even though not it, you know everybody don't believe in you. You got to believe in yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, that is true. All right, I'm changing it. I'm changing what I what I think. You know? Yeah, don't no, don't do that. Come on, man. You know, we all got a little bit of a, a flicker and a glimmer, and just, just keep doing our best, man. Uh, yeah. I I believe in you, man. You sound amazing oh, in every style. Thanks, don't man. even trip. Thanks, man. And, and, I, and feelings and mutual, both, dude. Both you, both you guys are killing it, man. Let's not have these. Let's not let's not be down on each other. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. This is the brigade, man. It's the brotherhood of drums. So yeah, that's, that's cool. what I'm saying. As soon as that shirt shows up, man, it's all it's as good as gold, man. I need, <laughs> I need, I need give me that shirt. All right, yeah, we're hooking that up today. <laughs> Working that up today. So, but you're going to be on tour. You can't wear it on tour. The heck. I know, but it would have been amazing to represent. And, and I felt left out the last couple of years, you oh, know, like you, when you guys with all your clothes and you know what I mean? And all your, <laughs> your podcasts and all that. You know what I mean? Oh man, dude, you got it now. Okay. So that's why I'm glad we've had you on. Cause dude, you could have hit, hit us up anytime and been like, yo, Corey, let me get a shirt. And it's like in the mail. Yeah, you, you know you're, you're one of the homies out here, dude, in San Diego, and so we got to hook up the cool. homies. But. I think Zach likes five Bs too, don't you? You know what, man, dude, I, I cannot believe this, but now that we're talking about drums again, I two, I'm on two Bs now, really? man. Two Bs. It's like next thing you know, I'm going to be wearing Depends undergarments, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, I, I. I used to have nightmares that I was on a gig and I had only had a set of five B's. I mean, I couldn't do any of the stuff, you know, but I, my chops have changed. Like, so like the heavier the stick, like the easier it is to play. Wow. I, I don't even, I can't understand. I think it comes from really relaxing and, um, and just, and really just going for rebounds all the time. Like everything, it's kind of a rebound, a rebounded thing. Um, and, and like it helps create a better sound, you know, I, I think when you, when you just use the weight of the stick and I'm sure there's some like molar technique in there or something like, I don't, I'm not really, haven't really gotten into any particular technique, but mm. though I was very influenced by the Dave Weckl kind of next step technique, you know, where he would be, you know, do all the rebounds with his fingers and so oh, forth. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've just found like, man, like letting the stick doing the work, do the work to create volume. And, and so you, your body can stay relaxed and you can just kind of more, everything is more like a, a, a series of rebounds and, and that's how you create consistency in the sound too. Like, um, so like, but I'm on, I'm, I'm, I know I said a lot right there, but I'm, I'm really talking more that the, the 2B man, honestly, I'm there that I live there now. That's cool. I would have never guessed that. I would have thought it was. I, I would have thought you were like a seven A guy, you know. Like I did that. I did that back in the day. But playing big band, honestly, like I had to evaluate. Like, okay, when you're playing a medium swing, 
you have to use boleros. Ah. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like when you're playing something real staccato, you know, you can drop into one of the, some of those Peter Erskins, mm-hmm. you know, like if you want. But, um, you know, a lot of, uh, like a lot of big bands, I, I, I got so influenced by playing medium tempo music with the right kind of sticks. Cause I don't know, you ever find yourself trying to play a medium tempo song and you just, I like, can't, you can't like put it exactly where it needs to be in the yeah. pocket. Yeah. I, I found like stick, stick weight helps with that a lot. So like it, it was the, it was the, the, um, a lot of jazz drummers use boleros a lot, you know, like uh-huh. especially in medium tempo. Cause the bead is perfect and it's really fat and it's got a little weight to it too. But I kind of, you can't really use those things. You know what I'm talking about with the boleros, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. You can't really use those things in a rock thing. Cause you feel like you're using like nice furniture or something like that to play like <laughs> rock. Uh-huh. But I feel like the two B thing does what it's supposed to do in like anything where you got electric guitars and, and stuff like that. Like it, it gives you, it's like, for, for like you know, it's idiomatic. You know, like for the for that kind of music. If you're anything that's kind of loud and funk and all that stuff, I mean, it just it's right there. And I'm a big dude. You know what I mean? So that's cool. Have you, know, have you tried up? the Haram Funkies? You might like those. They got some weight to them. Who's that? Haram. They're they're like a a local San Diego drumstick company. I think they're they're made huh. in Mexico, but <clears throat> they're um they have these sticks that are. They're like they they're like five A's in your hand, but the front the tip is heavier, and so they're uh-huh. they're called the the Haram Funkies. Some dope mm. sticks, man. Dope sticks. They're like, I can check that out, man. Yeah. But, you know, I'm I'm pretty sold on that, man. The two B. I can't believe I'm doing. My old <laughs> drum teacher, Billy Ray. He, oh, I know Bill Ray. Yeah, like he he plays traditional, and he and he plays with two Bs. And I always thought it was just like a like a geriatrics thing or something like that, like. <laughs> How could you do that? You know what I mean? But I totally get it. So that, yeah. That's cool. Maybe I should try that. I'm getting older. My back is hurting after these gigs. And like, I've been using five. <laughs> You're a big guy. Yeah, I'm a big You're guy a big too. Guy. Yeah, I can't. I'm, I think my 7A days are done. But you know what? My my favorite sticks are these these um, Peter Erskine um, uh, ride cymbals with a little tiny tip. The ride stick? Yeah. Ride stick. I don't know why I like those so much, but. Yeah, that's know. definitely a favorite of mine too, but it depends on like the, 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 the dynamic and stuff yeah, like that. Because yeah. if you got to play loud, like, you know, yeah, I can't use those uh, loud. I mean, I always use toothpicks for years, but, but here's the thing. Like say you, if you want to create consistent tone, of course, I'm just saying my opinion right here. If you have to like put muscle behind it, well, you have to calculate the amount of muscle you're going to put in every single time. And the tone will change um, in, in a minuscule way mm-hmm. um, from time to time. We all do this intuitively, right? But if you're using more of like you're just laying the stick on the head, kind of more like as a rebound type of a hit, uh-huh. like you you have you gain consistency over your tone. So yeah. like every because like there's a lot of music where your backbeat's got to sound the same every time, right? Right. So I think thinner sticks make you less consistent with your tone. Like, that so that's sense. why I'm on the 2B mentality. I got to try this, man. I got to yeah, try this. I got to use sticker sticks. <laughs> it's, it's <a> <laughs> all deal. that disco, you play all that LDB, all that dance, man. You should be up there with those sticks, man. Yeah. Don't be using those two sticks. Come on, <laughs> man. You're- <laughs> it's, true. it's true. I got some like Vic for three A's that I, that I use that are just like big beefy sticks, but I can only use them like on, on like one or two songs before I start getting tired. 
I like those too, by the way. I, yeah. I've seen those. They got the big round tip. Yeah, I like those. Yeah. Well, we have, we have five Bs in stock for Drum Brigade, but they're a little flashy, man. They're like for our students, but we can send you. I'll send you a pair and um and some shirts um when you I know, can't wait, man. A package for you when you get home from this. Summer. Perfect. <clears throat> um, all right. So we have the Wheel of Death, and we have we kind of have a question that we've we were talking about this morning. So uh-huh. I think we should let's let's go on to this question. All right, Phil. Okay. Down. Okay. All right, here we go. Drum Brigade Podcast. Oh yeah. Drum Brigade. Oh. <laughs> Drum Brigade. Drum Brigade Podcast episode 56. Corey Kingston, Funky Phil, Zach Nager. Am I saying your last name right? You sure are. Oh, it's man. actually Arabic, man. It's uh, uh, yeah? it's Najara. It, oh. it means it means carpenter. It's Najara, but when they came over uh, Ellis Island or whatever, you know that they they pronounced it. They gave it a nice American sound. Okay, <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. I always I I could never. I was spelling it wrong. I was saying it wrong. I couldn't. I could never do it right. Um, okay, so we got this. Um, <laughs> we got this little fill from from Vinny Caliuta. This flam fill. Right. Uh, I love this fill. I know that you guys are more of pocket drummers. I mean, it's a great fill. It's a great fill. I like though. it too. Um, so let's give it a listen and then we'll just discuss for a minute. <laughs> okay. Cool. Okay. Here we go. I hope you can hear it over the phone. Yeah. Here it comes. Woo. One more time. love it so much. Uh, okay, I'm going to play it out because you got to hear how he transitions into the solos. Okay, here we go. Okay, cool. Oh, so Vinny. There it is. <laughs> So Vinny. All right. Pure fusion, pure like 90s fusion. You should see the album cover of this. Oh, boy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I've heard that. Is that the intro to Forensic Files? <laughs> no. <laughs> the show? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I, I recognize that guitar sound from somewhere. <laughs> no. So this, Just I think kidding. this band is... <laughs> <laughs> this band is called Charisma, but it's spelled K A R I Z M A, and it's all like edgy, like edgy '90s, and it's just got their faces on it. It's it's awesome. Okay. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, Vinny absolutely kill. I think that's a live album. Um, yeah, and Vinny just kills on everything. But he's just he's just Vinny being Vinny, you know, like that fill, that flam fill is ridiculous. <laughs> now let me ask you a question. I can't really make it out, but uh, and I'm not joking anymore. But was he doing a flam between the bass drum and the snare drum or something? It's like, like on it the sounded- toms. It's like on the toms, and then then between like sounded like his floor tom and his snare. 
and like yeah. blum, 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 blah, 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 like all over the place. Crazy. It's so open. Like, I, I think it really, he, he does that, you know? Yeah. He, he really opens things up sometimes and it makes it sound, it has a lot of swagger to it, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Vinny Caliuta. He's stupid. Like, how yeah. great, like, his ideas and concepts are very, like, rudiment based. Um, mm-hmm. But the way he places them, the attitude behind it, you know, playing that role for however many measures like into that solo section <laughs> yeah. just over yeah. the bar and then over the bar again and then it's like <laughs> he just does what he wants and like it's funny phil was like yeah i think it's great but that's how you're gonna get fired on a gig if you <laughs> like start trying yeah. to no, just be like you can't that's the kind of stuff you can only do with a real tight band with like dudes who know you you yeah. play with like a lot yeah, yeah. It should be called charisma. Hey, you know, but you know, here's the thing. Like, like here, here's the thing, man. I mean, I, I was introduced to to uh, Vinny and Dave Weckl and and stuff like through the Buddy Rich Memorial Scholarship. You know, when they, when, yeah, when they did that. And and here's the thing, dude. My background was like like Neil Pert and stuff like wow. that, and Rush and all that. Mm-hmm. So when I heard that level of fusion, you know, it, it was definitely. You know, I had no cultural literacy, you know, like to even understand it. Like right. it was so, and, 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 um, I think now like, I just never could get on board with it completely. Cause it honestly, it was just too, it was too awesome. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. It was just too awesome. But I mean, I love people. I love when people just go for it and they try to understand it and transcribe that kind of stuff. But it sounds like you do that, you know what I mean? And, and. It's a great thing, you know. It's a it's a beautiful thing, man. That you know, there's nothing to put down that kind yeah. of stuff. It's amazing. So you know? I I agree. You you guys are both similar in that respect. Where um, like Phil is the same way with fusion. He's like, dude, this sing me the melody of this song, and he's like, you can't right. because there's no melody. It's just people trying to fry your brain, you know, like melt your brain <laughs> with licks. Which I yeah. get, I get that. But for me, it's similar. Like I grew up. I grew up listening to punk and listening to ska and reggae and stuff. And, and then, Uh you know, I didn't really get into like drumming until, you know, probably the mid nineties. And like, I was Mm -hmm. playing drums all that time, but I didn't know there was like this whole thing, like this whole genre or the scene of drummers being drummers and being showcased and all that stuff. So um, like listening to like the buddy rich, you know, um, memorial concert videos and watching those, those dudes shed, you know, with each other. I didn't, yeah. I was like, what the heck is this? You know, and seeing Vinny and, and Dave Weckl and Steve Gadd, like that video would just blew my mind. Like, you know, yeah, Steve Gadd's yeah. drums, we're on the dude. same page right there, dude, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, uh, that opened up a whole can of worms for me, like in the nineties, listening to fusion with my buddy. And we just, we just like, listen to fusion then go in the garage and shed and then listen to fusion and go and we just couldn't this is before youtube obviously so we would like uh-huh. buy dennis chambers videos and you on know vhs on vhs yes. and like my <laughs> friend literally bought the buddy rich memorial tapes on vhs and we just you'd spend the night and we'd just watch them all night and then wake up in the morning and go in the garage and shed and try to like learn those licks and as like 14 right. or 15 year old kids trying to play those licks and stuff so I have a soft spot. I love jazz fusion, like not smooth jazz, Phil. Don't get it twisted, okay? <laughs> That's the other thing Phil says. A lot of fusion sounds like smooth jazz. I do not listen to fusion. But then again, jazz. dude, I, I got to butt in on that, man. I, I've played smooth jazz festivals, like a couple of them. Yeah. 
And and like I mean, talking with the, with the Ripperton, uh, wait, yeah, the, yeah. the Ripper, Rippingtons, yeah, and like uh, David Sanborn, and, and you know all these all these people mm-hmm. who do kind of go there into the smooth jazz. I think we would agree, right? Right. right. Uh, when you turn that stuff up and you go to and like and you hear it, like, and it's pretty impressive. Like, yeah. I mean, I've played the Playboy Jazz Festival. I mean, I've seen Lee Rittenauer. Like, I mean, he's the one that. I mean, dude, I'm telling you, right, you go to Playboy Jazz Festival, I mean, Herbie Hancock, yeah, uh, you know, um, Willie Jones III, you know, they have little combos that played. Nobody's watching. Nobody cares. Like, no, people are talking. They're clanging glasses. <laughs> as soon as Lee Rittenauer plays a cover of, like, you know, you know, Get Up, Stand Up by Bob Marley or something, <laughs> like, people, people go into a frenzy, dude. Wow. Like... And he's just playing one note, you know, up there and just like, you know, yeah. no, that's what I'm <laughs> like, talking about. Like, like Kenneth, like Kenneth crowd said, these guys are pretty cheesy guys. I mean, they do like mag- magic, they do magic tricks. And, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, it's, it's like, so it, it's so common denominator, you know, like mainstream, like almost has Las Vegas mentality, but Dude, you know what I mean? Holy. Like, it, when you're talking about like this fusion thing to bring it back, like, I mean, dude, it's just, it's intimidating, man. It's hard to understand that stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, I think I get it. I mean, I got a degree in music. I mean, I think I kind of understand what's going on. There's no way it's beyond like my intellect or something, right. but, uh, but I don't think the, <laughs> the Matt, that, that, uh, uh, what, what Matt professor, right? Matt, Wait, did scientist. you say Matt scientist? Scientist. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's too hip on that kind of stuff, no. you know? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, there's a difference in, like, yeah, like, we're talking about feel music, like, music that's based on feel, and then music that's ma- based on, like, math equations. It's, like, right. it's two different things, man. It's, like, you know, I can appreciate both. I I, I, I gravitate towards feel-good music, you know, playing in the Agrolites and, and stuff like that. It's based on early reggae. That is right. not fusion music. That's, you know... That's, I don't know, but, but sometimes I like my mind to be challenged. So when I hear a Vinnie Phil, that's just these crazy flams and I'm not really like, it's beyond my mental capacity to be like, oh, he did like a, you know, 16 note triplet for, I don't know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like some flamadiddle thing or, you know, it's like, I try to figure it out. But the thing is, that's hard for me is. Like Phil can transcribe that kind of stuff or be like, oh, the way I'm hearing it is he's using these notes and these rudiments and this is how it lays out. And then he can write it out right. and play it. Whereas I'm like, I'm trying to feel that Phil. <laughs> that makes sense. Right, right. And I think it comes from rudiments. I, I, I cause like, and I'm with you, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. You know, when those guys do the Buddy Rich, Buddy Rich Memorial Scholarship, you hear them talk about Buddy Rich, like, mm-hmm. They really did like him. I mean, I think they really did try to cop what he was doing, and then of course they took it in a in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that like we didn't have a, a, an example like that in our. I mean, I guess we could say that Dave Weckl and Vinny Calyuta. But here's here's the thing, though. It's such a perverse like application of like rudiments like yeah what we just heard Vinny play right there i do believe is probably some kind of an inverted flam right yeah, yeah. That, that's usually what it is like anytime you hear something that really knocks you out it's like an inverted flam yeah. of some kind you know um 
And, and uh, I mean, I'm not, not all the time, but, but, uh, I just think that they took it. It's almost like what, what small jazz, small group drummers did with, with the big band influence. Yeah. They made it so esoteric, you know, that you can't even understand it. So it's kind of sucks for us because we didn't have a guy like Buddy Rich who, you know, was a very orthodox drummer. Like he played the 26 rudiments. Right. And then he sort of, he sort of moved them onto the kit. I mean, there's really not much more to it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit more to it, but when you were listening to, you know, your, that charisma track, <laughs> God bless that name. Now, did those guys not have girlfriends or something like that to tell them that that, that was a dumb name? Bro, you look at these pictures, these face pictures. I'm pretty sure none of them have even seen a girl before. <laughs> That's no what I'm getting at. Like but it's, it's like the perversion of the what they're doing. It's just, it's it's like, it's taking a foundation and like, you can't follow it, but that's part of the ethos of it all. It's like, yeah. I'm so smart, you can't understand what I'm doing. It's like, you know what, it's like, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and call that out right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that that's not helpful. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting, <laughs> and it is music. It is music, you know? But uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, like, it, you know, it, it's th- there's not a lot of growth and development going on right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not helpful. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! We have so many show titles at this moment. Oh like God. we normally base our show titles off of like a co- a coined like a some something that was said on the show. Please call it. Please call it growth and development. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna call it Sasquatch believes in himself, but not everybody else does, or something like that. That's a good, that's a good that's show title. That's too long, man. That's too long, <laughs> bro. It's oh my awesome. god! Awesome. I agree. I have to agree with you. I think it is very. It's a. It's a great drum fill. It's very impressive, but it is a very much like look at me show off moment. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like look what you can't do kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It's okay to show off, but like when you go to school, you never study the small group drummers. You yeah. never do. Nice. All you look at is guys like Mel Lewis mm. and Louis Belson. You know, because yeah. these are the guys that are laying it out pretty straight, and then. You wouldn't really study Jack DeJanet, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's it's an artistic, it's esoteric, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's hard to quantify. So I I just like to make that distinction so I can appreciate it, but don't act like it's like the standard or something. Right, like right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like that approach. You you appreciate it for what it is. It's not the standard yeah. though, you know. So right. very, very cool, very cool. All right, let's jump on the wheel of death. Yeah. Few questions. Let's do it. All right. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Drummer Gate Podcast. Episode 56. Oh yeah. Yeah. Vinny Caliuta. <laughs> I love it. Dude, I love your take on everything. It's just you should just come on the show and just be like giving your take on stuff. Like, hey, Zach, is this cool? And then just like <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we have to we have to understand things in a way that that help us stay remain stable. You know what yeah. I mean? We're not doing anyone any help, you know, by like getting all discouraged by somebody's level of you know talent or art or whatever. So that's just the way I process. I it, love you know? it. I love it. All right, these questions are just random. They're random questions, and um, yeah, we're gonna spin it. Here we go. 
All right. What is the most common mistake you see drummers make these days? Oh, boy. It's, play, this is a long question. Play too loud. They play too loud. Oh, that's cool. That and, is... and try to lay back. Oh. Hey. Okay, so I definitely play too loud sometimes, but I can play quiet. I have a residency yeah. gig where I have to play I know super quiet. I know you can. <laughs> but I do not lay back when I should. When I play reggae, I ha- like I have to be told sometimes, man, you got to lay back like I'm playing too much on top. Um, well, I heard this thing where Miles Davis said, he said, actually, it kind of shocked me. He said, white people play behind the beat. Yeah. And he said, black people play on the beat. Hmm. And it, and it kind of shocked me because I think a lot of people from our generation think you're quote, supposed to lay back. But I'll tell you, I haven't found one band leader who hasn't wanted me to play like with a little bit more a little more crisp and a little bit more on the beat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like when you try to do the layback thing, like too much, it, it, it drags, you know what I mean? And, and it, it sucks basically is the word. Uh, yeah. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, I mean, if you really analyze it, but I'm going off what Miles said, he said, why people, and I have played with some big bands where the, where the trumpet players, Bless their souls, the white guys. Uh, they play way too far behind the oh beat, and you can't even. Oh. You know what I mean? It's almost yeah. like a sixteenth note behind. I'm like, bro, yeah. dude, try playing ska with these guys, man. Ska is supposed <laughs> to be high energy on top music, you know. And it's like, even traditional ska is supposed to be like, listen to the Scatolites, dude. Those horn players were not laying back like these guys. If you're in a Parliament cover band, you know that might work, mm-hmm. you know, but. Like every band leader I've ever played with, like they always want Michael Jackson funk, man. They don't oh, want, yeah. they don't want Parliament, man. And that stuff is straight up on the beat. I mean, that's yeah. Lindrum, straight up, right on the beat. So biggest mistake, people try to lay back, dude. Just try to play on the beat and don't speed up and don't slow down. Just that's keep great. it right there. You know what I mean? Like, be have a little bit more confidence, and this ties into your confidence, Corey. Yeah. You're funky, man. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 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 All right, Phil, what do you got? What's the biggest mistake? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I feel, um, yeah, probably playing that too. That answer right there. Playing that too, answer. Dang. <laughs> I was going to say playing too loud. Yeah, yeah playing too I, loud. I agree. I think that, that that's why I have to play electronic drums at casinos God, all the time. Because people dude. can't control themselves. It's true. Right. <laughs> it's true. Uh, in my opinion, the biggest mistake that I see drummers make, bro, gospel chops has ruined drumming. Oh, yeah. These drummers <laughs> that just watch YouTube all day and then th- you see them at NAMM show and they just they just try to melt your face off with chops, but they got no feel. They got no pocket. Right. They got nothing else. Right. They just have all these crazy like variations, kick drum variations and stuff that they can do at a yeah. million miles a minute. like. Get out of here with that. Get out of here. Can I can I say something to their defense though? I mean, do we have a lot of questions we got to get through? Because no, I, no, we... I just want to say, can, can I say something nice about gospel chop yeah. people? Like, dude, I, I can't do it, and I, I do kind of look at it like the way I saw Dave Weckl and the way I saw uh, Vinnie Caliuta. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, look, man. I mean, I, I do respect it, and I do like. I don't. I know I can't do it. You know, right. honestly, I just got to say that I don't want to like just be down on it because, but I do think it is a form of perversion. (laughs) (laughs) So just like that's what it is. It's because you can't distinguish it. Yeah. And it really doesn't teach you anything. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's, it's esoteric in that way. You know what I mean? It's, it's, 
You know what yeah. I mean? So like, th- that's the only negative thing I'll say is just it's overboard. You know, it's overboard in that way. But anyway, go ahead. For me, I I so I think it's I don't okay. Maybe I shouldn't be so harsh and say it's ruined our in our our thing drumming because. But but what I mean is <clears throat> these drummers that you see that are that come from that you know like like yeah like I don't know any of the drummers that are on these top level pop gigs are don't killer. name any names bro no no, no <laughs> they're, they're probably listening <laughs> <laughs> no they're killer they're but, but that that approach now has become the sound which I love that feel and that approach of that real on top really tight you know fast yeah. intricate fills you know kick drum variations and stuff that stuff works for the pop gigs. I like that yeah. stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about there's dude. It's not like, it's not like the guys that play in church anymore. It's, it's like right. a YouTube or, you know, Instagram thing where you, when I walk around Nam, I see every, you know, it doesn't matter where you're from. I've seen like dudes that are from Japan that can't even speak English that are on the drums and they sound like freaking Eric, Eric Moore, Moore or whatever. Yeah. He's a beast, though. Yeah, he, he <laughs> is. I mean, he's one of the he's one of the dudes now that's like pioneered that style of playing. But I'm yeah. just saying those guys aren't getting gigs. They aren't like they don't have any real style. They don't have any any feel. They're not really they're not doing anything but just learning licks. Like Yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. And but but you know, and and you know as well as I and you know, we, I mean, we know that like Jim Keltner is the one that plays on albums. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you watch him play, he could bury, he doesn't even look like he can play sometimes, honestly. Like, yeah. and he's like, it's like, it's, it's the virtuosity, you know, component, you know, like, is that what music requires? You know, yeah. does it require virtuosity? You know what I mean? Um, this and that. So yeah. I, I get the point you're making, but I, I just, I, I, I want to appreciate it for what it is, man. You know, I like put yeah. it this way, like in the jam band scene, you know, it was a scene that was never really known for virtuosity. Really? Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is just people with a lot of chops. Now, when I go on jam cruise, dude, Ronald freaking Bruner jr. <laughs> is like playing before me. Yeah. Dude. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, and there's five guys that play like that. Yeah. And yeah. they're, ki- I mean, you know, I mean, they're respectful guys. I mean, I talk to them, this and that. You know, sometimes I don't feel accepted com- completely in that community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because I don't feel like I'm good enough, honestly. That's but, the thing uh, that I don't like about it, though, is it's like, it's like, it's like that. It's, it's, you know, if you didn't grow up playing in church, you know, I didn't grow up playing in church. I've had to learn some of that stuff playing pop gigs and stuff, but like, by no means yeah. am I like on that level for, for gospel stuff. But like the feel, okay. Like I've I've had this conversation with Fig. The feel yeah. of like when you hear Fig play gospel music, it's dude. That feel is unreal. It's like it's great feeling. But he's uh-huh. like, but people always hit me up. They Phil, Fig was saying this. People always hit me up and want like some references of gospel music. So I give them references to gospel music, and they're like, "Where's all the chops?" He's like, that's not what this is. This is like, you know, it's not about that. This is about the way you play this music. That's what's Mm -hmm. come out of it. So I'm specifically just talking about those type of kids that are just, it's a mistake to focus only on chops and not focus on actually playing drums and learning how to play a solid feel, how to make people dance with your kick drum, man. Like, well, you practically have to unlearn everything to be able to play like that. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I could play every Rush song on, on, in the world, 
when I started playing with other people and being in band, I basically had to unlearn everything. I think to an extent, it's a similar thing. I mean, if you've learned to play in your bedroom, mm-hmm. you know, and you're, and you're really thinking about the next fill, I mean, what are fills for? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, if you play big band, you understand, like, Fills really are to set up the band to do different things. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. if a fill is this perverse, like, you know, form of masturbation on the drum set, you know what I mean? <laughs> Pardon my, that's, you know, that's scientific terminology there. Like, it, it, it takes just as long to figure out how to play a really simple rhythm with the band, with the right tone, with the right feel. And people will deny, you know, that this even, you know, um, you know, like, that this, what I'm saying right here even exists but you know you'll deny it all all the way to never being on a record How's that? <laughs> and, and, and and um and, and it's like it's 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 totally clear to me you go up to la and see the guys that are actually making albums consistently and getting called to make albums like they don't play like that they don't even look like they have chops sometimes right. that's terrifying to some people man like because they hide behind i mean you got to be vulnerable to play music man i'm sorry you got to be vulnerable. You know what I mean? Kirk Mascara, man. Kirk Mascara. Uh-huh. Kirk Mascara, man. He came at Kirky B. He came on the show. He's on every album. He's recording ev- on everyone's album. Case in point. Case in point. Yeah. Exactly. That style. That vibe right there, dude. You got a couple guys that have a little bit more attitude. What's his name? Abe Laborio. Like, he seems to have the best of, of both worlds, like, because he plays with a lot of you know, passion and attitude and this and that, but he don't look like he doesn't know how to play. I'll tell you right. that much. Yeah. But, but you know, he's, but he plays the Paul McCartney for a reason. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, so like, I don't, you know, I think this is a worthy co- topic, man, because we're trying to like kind of put our finger on it. Well, what is it, man? It's like, is it Democrat or Republican? I'm here to tell you it's Democratic Republican. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. Okay. On that, you know, I'm going I'm yeah. to spin it again. <laughs> Spin it! Ah, <laughs> uh, this is who. This is a hard one. Uh oh. Do it. What's your favorite song of all time? <laughs> you know, the song that really tears me up, dude, is the Rainbow Connection from the Muppet Movie. Really? Yeah. That is because my mom, my. My mom, you know, I, I've done a little research on this tune. The guy that wrote it, he's a beast. Um, and uh, I can't remember his name, but the song's just got a lot of feeling, a lot of nostalgia. And um, I, I I mean, dude, I like a lot of tunes, man. I mean, we can That's go forever on this. Yeah. I, I really love that song, man. It just it has a lot, of, a lot of sentimentality to it, this and that. And, um, of course, that. it's... Huh? I, I don't think I've ever heard it. I gotta listen to it. Well, you know, if it doesn't have any part of your cultural literacy, like like where you come from, it probably won't mean anything. I've tried this with my wife. Like all the songs that I'm feeling, if my wife never heard it before, there she knows she never feels it the same way. You know, like yeah. and we connect on all this old school stuff. But you know, if I were to go, you know, like more into, uh, I'm gonna leave it at that. Pretty much. I mean. I mean, dude, like, but I'm usually blown away with tunes like, you know, Time in a Bottle Mm. by, uh, you know, uh, Croce. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of stuff blows me away the most, you know? I don't think it has drums in it. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I have a few, man. I can't can't really pick one, but um, one that always gets me 
just like gives me goosebumps and makes me like feel emotional. And I just love this tune is, um, send one, your love Stevie wonder, maybe, um, Mm. love that tune. Love that tune. I have, I have a 45 of that too. And I just love it on the other side is the instrumental. Oh man. Great. Great. Is that a real old school one? I'm not remembering that for some reason. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, uh, what, what I forget what album it's on, but, um, yeah, it's it's not like it's not one of his more recent. It's not like old school little Stevie Wonder, but it's um you know, right. it's a great song. Send one your love. It's a great great tune. Um Did you grow up with that stuff like big time? Did definitely. you really grow up with that stuff? Oh yeah. Like any Motown or anything like that, I just completely right. that's all I listened to when I was a little kid. So, and then like you know, my dad my dad's from Detroit, bro, but I really can't really claim to have that background honestly. Yeah. Man, I, it's just like it's just my, my dad's a singer, and so there's there's all these there's always music around the house, and there's like there's you know he was into like some some deeper stuff, you know, not like like he was into like I don't know like Gino Vanelli, that's like one of my favorite yeah. singers. Um, yeah, and like any any of those tunes, I, I mean, I can't put my hand on one tune that's like my favorite song of his, but other than that, David like, Garibaldi, David Garibaldi played with Gino. Yeah, so did so did Vinny. Like on on one or two albums i think um, yeah yeah that stuff is great um but i think my other one since i was a little kid i've always loved this the this ska band called the english beat and so they have a song called jeanette that's like that was my favorite song since i was probably like five but um how's that go i met jeanette it's like i can't sing it man it's it's a great ska song though um so that's probably where me and you come together the most like because you like Fishbone too, right? Oh, I love Fishbone. Love Fish Fishbone. blew me away, man, because I, I heard that progressive rock in there. I had that. Yeah. So, but but I was listening to the specials and English Beat and, oh, and yeah. you know, yeah, that, that song stuff. is off the um the 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 album where they're coming off the plane. I forget what that album's called, but you think mm. I would know my favorite bands albums? But anyways, <laughs> Phil, what do you got, dude? This is that's such a hard question. Come on, Phil. You had all this time to think about it. I know. <laughs> I know. You guys went right away. Because um, we know. I know what my favorite songs are. I mean, I like um, Inspiration Information by Shuggy Otis oh, a boy. lot. Oh, that yeah. Oh, this a... guy's too cool, man. Wow. <laughs> that one, uh, yeah, I don't know. I listened to that one. That was listening to that. That was on heavy rotation when I was, like, um, courting my wife. My na- oh. She's my wife now, but, like, yeah, it was a... It was That's one of cool. our one of our go to listens back back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So. All right, you got time for one more? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, go for okay, it. Let's do it. <clears throat> All right. Uh what's so outside of playing drums, have you had any other drum like jobs that you've had to do? I've had a lot of jobs then. Okay. Um I Right out of high school, I was working at my dad's grocery store. He used to have a chain of grocery stores in town. They went out of business, but I was in the meat department. Dang. So I've had a lot of meat department experience throughout my life. It's sort of been the thing I've gone back to a number of times. Wow. And then and then if I didn't do that, um, you know, uh, it, I, I was in a lot of food and bev. You know what I mean? Crazy. Food and bev. Um, so, I mean, I've done that a ton of that stuff. You know, grocery store. Um, even Seaside Market, you know, my family, uh, owns that place up there in Cardiff, you know? Really? Yeah. I and, didn't uh, know that. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, 
my grandpa's brother and his kids and my uncle started that place. Oh, man. And uh, I've always worked there in and out of high school in the meat department. So, um, you know, I just kind of grew up in the grocery world. So I, I did that. I did a little medical transport when I was going through school. Crazy. Um, going through college. <laughs> but um, I took a huge hiatus from music in about 1998 uh-huh. and kind of started over. You know what I mean? So. Wow. That just required me to get, you know, to do every every job in the book, you know, pretty much. You know what I mean? So, so this this question is, what's the weirdest job you've ever had? Uh, weirdest job. Um, one time I had to, I, I was working for this 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 company called Sunshine Helpers, mm-hmm. and and I had to go to like old like this old older elderly lady their parent their family paid for it i had to take her out to dinner and she had dementia so she every day like it was kind of like the notebook she forgot everything like every day (laughs) wow so i had to reintroduce myself to her every day and i had to say that i was a friend of the families and um i had to sit down and eat dinner with her like so like it was like the notebook, but with like a like an eighty year old, ninety year old lady, you know. We, we didn't kiss or anything like that, you know what I mean? So, but, uh, but no, it was uh, you know, so it was bizarre. I couldn't do it long because it, it just kind of tripped me out too much. Yeah, you know, but but it was it was called Sunshine Helpers. Wow, dude, I had a similar job. I was a caregiver for old people, and it was there. You go. It was not a fun job, dude. Were you wiping butts or what? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I had to do it all, man. I had to do it all. I would make them like these guys. Most of these guys had um, had had uh, Parkinson's, but I yeah. as much like as stiff as they were or as shaky as they were. Like if I'd have to like shower them, I'm like I'm yeah. not washing down there, bro. So you gotta here. I soaked up the cloth. Help yeah. yourself, dude. Like <laughs> I'm like. But those, but those gloves, though, those purple gloves, can you can get away with a lot with those things. Yeah, I still, I'm like, I'm not making enough, dude. I'm just, I'm just not. Like, I kind of draw the line at poop too, man. I draw yeah. the line at poop. I tried, I mean? like, dude. I tried for, a, I tried for, for like weeks to just get away with not doing it. Like this job doesn't pay enough, and they kept saying this is part of your job, and I'm like, yeah, I know, but. <laughs> Yeah, no. And then finally it was just like, I, dude, honestly, I got, I had to get out of my own head and like, I started feeling bad for this guy. Like this man still has his mind, but he's incapable of taking care of himself. And I, and I was like, I still want this gentleman to have his dignity for the remainder of his life. He only has a, you know, who knows how long. He's got well, to maintain I think that's his what dignity. a lot of health people tap into, man, yeah. is care. Like they, they kind of, they allow their hearts to really kind of engage in it in that way. That's how they do it. I mean, that's the key. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so I think you did the right thing. Well, you know, I, I didn't enjoy that job. I, and, mm-hmm. um, and I, I finally was like, when you start thinking about how much you're actually getting paid, like I'm getting mm-hmm. paid by the hour and I'm only here for two hours. So I'm only mm-hmm. getting paid. Like if somebody dared me to do this for the amount of money that I'm making, I would laugh and be like, get out of here. No way. You'd have to pay me like this much for me to do this. And yet I'm here doing it. I'm like, this yeah. is going to snap me right back into playing drums. So I got to, I quit. I just bounced. That was, right. one, that was one of the weirdest, but I think I just remembered a weird job. I had one time. Um, it was like, I, this is when I was touring a lot and um, I was, I would come home and I wouldn't have any work. 
And so mm-hmm. I would pick up like these gigs every now and then. And I got a gig as like a stage hand, some, some kind of like stage hand for a movie set or a commercial. We're filming this like Huggies commercial. Right. And they brought these babies out, like these toddlers. The parents were all there. They were like these yuppie parents, you know, they brought right. out their toddlers and the, the boss that was like, you're not allowed to look at the babies. Don't look at the babies. Like oh, <laughs> they yeah. walk these little kids out. They're just kids, dude. And you're not allowed to look at them in the eyes. They're like pampering these, like literally pampering. There's probably a pampers like thing, but I can't stand that. I can't stand those Hollywood rules kind dude, of vibes. So you know I mean? Like I can't even get with that, dude. And it was like, I, I, so I had to be on set, I think at like five in the morning or something. So I literally, I yeah. left my house. This is when I was living in, in like river, Lake Elsinore area. I left the yeah. house at like three in the morning to get there on mm-hmm. time. I was there all day. They don't eat until two o'clock in the afternoon on set. So I was, and then Ouch. I, it was, dude, it was the weirdest job ever. All these babies everywhere and these parents and the parents were actually nice, but we were just the help. So you're not allowed to in, engage with them at all. Like I you're can't not allowed stand to look that vibe. It was the weirdest thing. I'm like, like last week I was on a set, you know, with my band playing and here I am. I can't look at the baby, you know, it's like, <laughs> super no, weird, dude. No. I can't, oh, so so you're saying it scarred you a little bit. It scarred me a little bit where I was like, I'm, I, this isn't me. Like, I don't belong here. This is not what I do. <laughs> like, you know, and, and so I only did that one time and I was like, yeah, you're too punk. You're too punk rock for that, dude. <laughs> it's a weird situation. You know, it's, like, it's like when we went, we went on tour with Dave Matthews once, man. And, and like, I, I, I was too punk rock for them, dude. I would like walk into their dressing room. Like <laughs> when they were doing their, when they were doing their encore, they kind of like circled around and did their little powwow. You know, I'd like uh, kind of break into the circle, give everyone a hug. I'd be talking to my friend on the phone. I'd be like, Dave would be walking by, I'd be like, hey, Dave, say hi to my friend. You know, <laughs> like this and that. Dude, like, I, I'm, I'm way too punk rock for that. I can't, yeah. I can't follow those kind of rules, man. Yeah. I just can't. Like, uh, I would be more like it, that now. <laughs> like, I. Like, cause my thing is like, I don't look up to these guys the way other people do. Right, like, right. I, I, I think they're okay. You know what I mean? But I don't think of them as like people that gross a million dollars a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think of them as just dudes who are trying to do something. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you should be happy to get someone who wants to give you a hug. You know what I mean? Like you should, it shouldn't be a, <laughs> it shouldn't exactly. be a problem. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I love that. But this whole don't look at me vibe, dude, is like, that ain't Ridiculous. it. You know? A baby, I'm sorry. you think that baby knows that you're not allowed to look at him? <laughs> Come on. They're like, don't upset the babies. Like, I mean, I can understand if you're Miss Lauren Hill or something like that, you know, but even that's crazy, you know? Yeah, that's still crazy to me. I'm looking yeah. at Lauren Hill if she walks by me. I'm going to look at her on purpose and have her be like, don't look at me and be like, what? What are you going to do? She's not allowed to, dude. <laughs> I'm not in your band. I'm going to look at you. Uh, exactly, dude. What's the weirdest job you ever had, Phil? Uh, besides drumming, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's some weird moments. Yeah, there's some gigs. weird. Um, well, I was a sculptor at oh, one yeah. point, which was pretty weird. That's weird, bro. Yeah. <laughs> now, you need to, hey, Phil, you need to pontificate a little bit, man, because you've been getting, you haven't been saying nothing back there. I want you to tell me what happened. Was it like the movie Ghost and stuff like that? Like, were you there? I mean, come on, tell me a story, Phil. <laughs> Phil, I want to hear a story. Oh, man. Uh, it's not that interesting. Well, my family, my dad's like an, an elite sculptor. He's been doing it his whole life. 
So, that is that. interesting. Yeah. See, Phil, that's the problem. You think it's not interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> totally interesting. I want to hear a story right now. <laughs> love this <laughs> well he's like he gets he gets hired to like he's like the recording artist of sculptors like people hire That's him interesting, dude. they just hire him to sculpt whatever they want he he just does gigs for hire he doesn't he's not like a tortured artist like who makes sculptures for himself and then cries in a corner or something he's a, <laughs> wow he just gets paid money to make sculptures for other people and he's that really, sounds like me and my last record right there. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's really but, good but at like, it. Are we talking like are we talking statues or like bowls and, and coffee cups? I mean, is it, are we talking Any, like we're sculpt- talking anything? He could make anything. He's made yeah sculptures of like thirty foot tall bronze chickens, <laughs> and he's he's made like a water fountain, like a big you know fountain, like the one outside of Temecula, the city hall. Oh. Oh, oh, so it's not all clay. It's like sculptures, like with different materials. Yeah, he he, he can he can make anything. Like really, he's he's designed like um, stuff for buildings. He's done. Wow. He, he'll he'll he can do really good clay sculptures too. But these days, did you ever say like mostly... one day? Did you ever go? You know what, man? I think that I have the gift of sculpting. I'm going to do. Is that is, you? Did you actually? Were you a, a sculptor too at one point, or were you trying to? Well, I was. You said you had a job. Yeah. I was more just working with him with his sculpture company um just right, right yeah i mean i was trying to get i was trying to get better at it but i it never really it was like i never had the fire you know and it was never like this is what i need i need <laughs> to do this uh so I, but I, what did anything weird ever happen to you i mean i want to hear like did somebody like <laughs> did you ever teach your me. wife to sculpt by ghost <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no, come on dude i mean it wasn't that i guess it didn't it never really got that weird i mean it was you know he does a lot of sculpting for other people so it's kind of weird that you when you sculpt a, uh you know you spend weeks sculpting something and then you sign the artist quote unquote their name in the sculpture wow. for them like they don't even sign their own name right like the guy, right. The guy literally never touched it Never once touched this sculpture, but he his name's on it. That's like the sculpting version of the story of Bernard Purdy recording on all those Beatles records. <laughs> right, right, right. Like years Which, later, dude, your dad's gonna be like, "I'm the one that made that sculpture." No. no you know what care. though? You know what though? I, I I bet you there's some truth to that. Oh, like I with, agree. with Bernard. Like I I think that here's what I think they did. I think they had him come in. And kind of just like demo stuff with them. Yeah. And I think, I think, uh, what's his name? I think, uh, Ringo, Ringo was just kind of copping it a little bit and just like listening to it because I think that they just wanted, you know, when you, you know, demo an album nowadays, I mean, that's basically what you do. You go, when I did the Everlast album, like you mentioned, like mm. you pretty much play all the songs, you, you do it, and then they replace everything with drum machine, but. What they're doing is they're basically trying to get like the rhythms from you. They're trying to get in the ballpark like of what a drummer would play. Yeah, and and, and I think that's a huge part of the process in in L.A. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they 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 produce like that. So I think I think the Beatles did that. I think they had them come in and try to get you know you know try to get Ringo to kind of like change things up or something or do things differently. Um, I love that's my, my philosophy. I love the cockiness of Bernard Purdy, though. Can you yeah. like imagine if he didn't ever record anything for the Beatles, but you just start this rumor about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that's that's like old school lying. You know what I mean? Like, when, like I remember, I remember when I was in junior high. Like, remember when those black Pisces came out? Like the colored ones, color uh, sound. Uh-huh. I I used to tell tall tales. I'd be like, yeah, I was I was looking in my dad's closet and I saw a set of color sounds. You know what I mean? Like, and, and not not thinking that one day I'm gonna have to like show and prove that this is actually true. But like, like you're not even you're not even thinking that far ahead. You're like, I just want to be in the moment right here yeah. and feel and, and feel what it feels like to have three black flash symbols. You know what I mean? And, and the way and the way people look at me. You know what I mean? I think I think that's Bernard's thing. Like, I'm just gonna say these outrageous things. Never thinking not, I might have to prove it down the road. Because <laughs> there's not one person who said it was true. <laughs> he, he didn't say you gotta ask this guy or anything. You know. Anyway. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up with you here at this point. On that note, <laughs> dude, this has been one of our best ever interviews, Phil. Yeah, <laughs> it's been, been one of the best ever. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, you have got to come on the show again. Like maybe when you get back Any, from tour, come in, hang anytime, out in studio. Dude. We're anytime. in Oceanside, so like if you ever want to come in and hang out, dude. That would be amazing for us, dude. <laughs> Once you call me, dude, you gotta hit me up, man. I know. We keep, I, we keep we keep setting up that time at Sizzler, man. You never show up. I'm just sitting there by myself. <laughs> oh man, dude! Thank you so much for coming on. Have a safe tour out there and a safe drive across the country. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. If if people want to follow you or get in touch with you, do you have anything like uh, you know? I know you're on Facebook or like what? Is, what are they? How do they follow well, you? I- I, I have a um, just Facebook and, and I think I have an Instagram, but I did throw you guys that video. It would be cool to get a little traction on that video. I, I okay. emailed it to you, like a, a new tune that I just did. So, Oh, cool. Did you guys get that? Um, I haven't seen it, but maybe I think there's a girl that does our scheduling, so maybe maybe she just has Candace. Candace. I yeah. emailed it to Candace, so if you could throw okay. that up, that'd be really cool. Absolutely. We will definitely do that. Um, right on, man. Well, thank you again, and then um, we'll talk when you get back. Awesome, dude. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dude, (laughs) congratulations, everyone. I think you just witnessed one of the best interviews we've ever had on the show. That was so funny. Dude, that guy, Zach Nager. (laughs) So crazy. That was such a great interview, dude. I'm just like... Funny, so, opinionated, without being like self-centered and arrogant. Freaking awesome, dude! So many nuggets of wisdom in that. <laughs> so many sound drops, dude! I can't wait to cut that up and make <laughs> make some drops out of Zach, dude. Oh what God. a great dude! And this dude, I'm telling you, is one of the baddest dudes on drums. He's so good. <clears throat> yeah, that was one of the best shows I, I I saw him with with Freebie. Yeah, play at um, Bar Pink. Oh, okay. And Carl Denson came. And oh, really? Sat in too, Dang. and it was it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. It wow! Was, it was like kind of a secret show. Yeah, and it was just like I was just like my jaw was on the floor the whole night. There's so much feel. Yeah, he is. I just I loved everything that he was saying. All of his opinions, I was like, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. You know, what a great interview, man! I'm really stoked on that. <clears throat> that's one of the best guests we've ever had. And we could have had him on a long time ago. He's just like a, one of our homies. I don't know why we didn't do that. 
Yeah, we'll have to get him in the studio again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks to, thanks to Zach for coming on and, um, man, making, making this episode really great. That was cool. Um, so yeah, dude, there's been a few that we've had on this show that are so funny, man. Like him, um, uh, of course, uh, well, Brandon Young was really funny. Yeah, that was a hoot. <clears throat> um, dude, of course, um, freaking Timbo. Timbo's <laughs> always funny. <laughs> yeah, we're lucky. We've, we've got a lot of, I mean, I think every single one of our guests have been fantastic. Yeah. Every time we yeah. finish recording the show, we're like, that was great. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> some, some guests we have to like draw out and kind of be like, like I'm, I'm trying to pull questions out of thin air to keep the show going. But I hope, hopefully you guys don't notice that, but like that one was, no, I was, we started and I was like, uh, man, I, I don't, I don't know Zach super well. I know that he's an incredible drummer and I know some of the work that he's done, but we haven't really like hung out and talked. <clears throat> so I was a little bit nervous dude. to be honest. Like, what are we going to talk about? There was there was so much. No, it was like we jumped out of a the the wing the the door of a Lambo at full speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what I always say, man. It doesn't matter. Drummers are drummers, and we all have different opinions on certain things, but we all kind of think the same. We all think in patterns, and you know we approach life kind of similar because of drums. And so, dude, if you're a drummer, we have plenty to talk about. Don't worry about it. I gotta keep telling myself that. Yeah. Dude, Zach Danger thinks we're funky, Phil. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Big feather in my cap. Heck yeah. All right. I told you guys I was going to get on a soapbox, so let's do it. Oh, yeah. I ain't trying to hear that right now. I got two. Okay. Okay. First one's first. Are they from the same? No, they're from different, different. Gigs. Yeah. Boat gig. No, not boat gig. Boat dinner cruise. Boat dinner cruise. <clears throat> okay, so this is hard to explain because people, you guys are going to be like, what? I don't, I don't get it. Anyways, let me just try to explain it. Me and my wife go on this dinner cruise with a bunch of our friends. Um, like we, My wife and I volunteer for the Filipino community, um, and we do it, – it's, it's complicated, okay? It's, it has to do with like our religious beliefs and congregation and stuff. And we, whatever. So, uh, we have a bunch of Filipino friends. Okay. We, um, we go out on this dinner cruise. There's probably like 25 people or so in our group. Um, so we're stoked. So my wife is confirming the reservation and then they don't have us at the table with our group. So we're like, what are we going to do? Well, there's another group of friends that we also know, <clears throat> um, but it's like separate groups, right? So if that makes sense. So we know everybody in the other group too, and they're all more our age, but it wasn't the group that we were supposed to be with. So we, uh, we make the reservation. We're like, Hey, we just want to confirm that we're with the right table. So they're like, yeah, yeah, you're good. So they sent us the reservation. It's under somebody else's name. So we're like, hmm, that's not right. My wife calls back. Hey, you sent us the wrong reservation. We want to make sure we're at the right table. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here it is. Here you go. So we have to go get in line, check in, check in. Here's your table. We go to our group. What table are you guys? They're like 47 through 50. We're like, we're table four through five or four through seven or something. Uh Uh-oh. We're like, 
Oh, well. So we didn't make that decision. The boat company did. We get on the boat. We go to sit with our friends. And then they're like, no, no, no. Your table's upstairs. Oh. So we're like, what? So then we're like, okay, well, it's cool. We'll just sit with the other group. They're our friends too, right? We sit down at the table. We're the first ones there. Sit at the table. We're ready to like order drinks. We're like, yeah, let's, what kind of wine do you have? You know, we're trying to have a nice romantic evening for our anniversary with our friends. Okay. The next group comes up and this lady that's part of that group that we know is like, she's not throwing a fit, but she's kind of throwing a fit. (laughs) She's like, she's not going, Oh, I think there's a misunderstanding. She's going like making a scene. Like they are not in our group. Why are they at our table? They're at, they're not in our group. These people, these two right here, they don't belong in our group. (laughs) Dude, you know me, okay? (laughs) I'm already socially awkward. I don't want to really be there. I'm feeling weird. I'm like, let me get a drink. Let me try to wrap my head around this evening. I'm kind of bickering with my wife because I'm like feeling awkward and uncomfortable. (laughs) Then this lady comes in and starts making a spectacle of me and my wife. (laughs) They don't, they, we reserve 19 chairs they don't belong here. Why are they there? We're not going to have enough people in our group. Dude, they got like little kids in their group. Like they got, it, it's a mess. Oh my gosh. So now I'm like, I don't want to even sit in your stupid group. I'm like, I, this wasn't even what our reservation was for. They put us here. I didn't make the reservation. And she's like, we would love to have you guys, but you, you can't sit here. This is our group. Bro, I'm losing. It. I'm losing. It. I'm about to like go in on this fool. I'm like, whatever. So I'm telling the guy, the guy's like, well, I don't know. Like the, the guy that, that the waiter that's helping us, he's like, well, let me see your ticket. Well, it says that you're in this group. And she's like, well, we're not going to have enough chairs. She's like talking over him. We're not going to have enough seats. We specifically reserve 19. Ch-. And he's like, yeah, we accommodated for that. Yeah, but they don't belong in our group. I'm like, they accommodated. They have extra chairs. Now we feel like we don't belong. They really didn't want you to sit at their Bro, table. I'm telling you, if I could have just walked off the boat, I would have. And like, she's like, we, she's trying to be nice. Like, we want you guys to, we want you guys to be in our group. I mean, we, we would love to have you, but no. But we don't. Yeah. We don't really. So I feel like super unwelcome. I feel like uh. inferior. I feel weird. Not to mention when we're walking on the boat, we're walking with all of our friends and then they tell us, no, we have to go back upstairs. So then I feel dumb wa- leaving our friends and them going, where are you going? You guys have to sit somewhere else. We want you to sit with us. And we're like, so we're upstairs. We have to walk backwards in the line like a bunch of dumbos and go upstairs and sit in this table that we don't want to sit in. So I'm already mad about that. Like, and then this lady comes in and is like, we know her. She's like, she's not, she's not really like a friend, but she's, we, and, and like, there's also history there with her being like very like pretentious and like uppity. And so dude, I'm not feeling this at all. I'm mad. (laughs) I'm mad, dude. I'm like, no. And so anyways, I was just like, whatever, dude. I'm like, somebody figure it out. And I just start walking away. And the guy's like, I'm trying. Like the the waiter's getting all pissed off. And I'm like, no, dude, it's not you, man. It's like, I just don't like feeling like this. I feel like I'm inferior. I feel like I'm, you know, I don't belong here, even though I paid for a ticket like everybody else did. And he's just like, we're working it out. And I'm like, I appreciate it. But I'm like, I'm not trying to be sit. I'm not trying to sit with this, this group anymore. So I dip out. My wife is still up there trying to work it out. And she's like, babe, come on. It's, 
it's fine. They have seats for us. And I'm like, no, I am not sitting up there. No, no. I don't belong in that group. I'm not sitting in that group. They made it clear that we're not allowed. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're like, okay, well, we'll get you guys a, chair, a seat down here. We're very sorry about this. So then, okay, so this is, this is where it was like kind of funny is there's like, we're with where me and my wife are black folks. Okay. <laughs> we're with a bunch of Filipino people. Then there's like a group of black people like celebrating a birthday or something. So they're like, oh, okay, yeah, you're over here in table 24. No. So they try to... No! <laughs> like, they're like, oh, your group is over here. <laughs> like, obviously. And we're, like, standing next to our group. <laughs> and they're like, um, no, that's not our group. Oh and they're God. like, what? No, you're not table 24. We're like, no. This is our group right here. And finally, they're just like, just have a seat wherever you'd like. Oh, my gosh. So we just sit down. I'm I'm like, they're like, okay, and you guys said you wanted to order some wine. I'm like, I'm way past wine. Let me get a whiskey on the rocks. Okay? Like, you know, and I felt like they should have paid for that, but whatever. They didn't. So had my little drink. I was, this didn't help that I was starving, super hungry. Anyways, we ate. We, we, we had some fun afterwards. And then we go upstairs and we were like on the deck of the of the boat looking at you know san diego and stuff and all the other friends from that table were like what happened and we're just like i was like dude no (laughs) and they're just like we feel so bad like i don't understand why she was treating you guys like that and i'm like i don't either i don't either we're all friends what's the point and she's they're just like dude that was unnecessary i'm like it was rude you don't treat people like that and so the dude, the husband came up and he's like, me and the husband are cool. He's like, what happened, man? I'm just like, I don't know. And he's just like, well, how come you guys didn't just sit with us? And I'm like, your wife kicked us out, bro. <laughs> he's like, what? Like, I'm just like, bro, that's what it was. Like, <laughs> I don't make the rules. I didn't put what table we're at. They assigned us to that table. You don't come in here and, and kick us out like it's your table. Yeah. Beat it. That's, so that's checked out. It was not a fun experience, but oh man, I love that they, they tried to sit you at the, <laughs> with a black people table just because they're black. <laughs> Obviously, you guys oh are with God. them. That must have they must have so felt funny, so dumb after they did that. <laughs> so good. they're like, yeah, your table's over here, and we're like, nope, not over there. <laughs> and we're like so confused, dude. It's so funny. All right, that's soapbox number one. Good. I ain't trying to hear that. That was right a good now. one. <laughs> okay. Anyways, w- we worked it out. It was a misunderstanding. It wasn't. It wasn't that big of a deal. But in the moment, dude, hungry Corey. Oh, awkward hungry oh, yeah. Corey. Not happening. When somebody's being rude and dumb, that is not a good combo, bro. Uh-uh. Uh. Next soapbox. <laughs> trying to hear that right now last night i played a gig with in schmucky metals Clemente with the schmucky metals band okay it's the usual suspects kevin okay. freebie anthony smith drea i think i saw a picture of you guys my home bo- my home girl drea uh-huh um tino and it was like it was it was whatever so couple things about this soapbox one I've played this place a million times. It's right next door to the casino. It's called the old the old beach house or whatever. Right next to the train station in San Clemente. Mm-hmm. They have an elevator. We're playing upstairs. The elevator is, and I quote, broken. 
So I have to load all my drums up the like a flight of stairs. I know it's not the end of the world, but it's annoying. Yeah. When there is an elevator there that they just don't want you to use and they say it is broken. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. So I'm already like, ugh, and I'm loading my stuff up one piece at a time, um, bringing it upstairs, setting up. It is what it is. It's the typical. It's the typical wedding, dude. It's just super pretentious. Like it's starting off like this. The wedding ended up being really fun, but it's starting off where these people are just. It's just too much. Okay. Um, it's it's the like entitled blonde girl wedding that's what it is okay um Wait, is there another one of those uh music people what, what, what was the title oh a type top, top liner a top liner there it might as well they weren't <laughs> as rich as that though uh the, so i wasn't there this involves my homegirl drea okay drea is like this diva like black girl beautiful gorgeous like men falling all over her every time she's there um she don't take no mess though dude she's like she gets what she wants and if you don't give it to her there's a problem okay kind of so to speak it's like she puts that off she puts that vibe off she's a sweetheart though we finish our dinner set or whatever and then the thing about the schmucky medals is we're allowed to drink we're allowed to be on the bar they like they don't it's not like they encourage it, but they kind of encourage it. Like the owners of this company love to drink. So they're like, have at it, go to the bar. You're not going to get in trouble for that. It's all good. And all these weddings have open bars. And especially if the bride and groom are like, yeah, go ahead, have a drink. Then we're allowed. Drea goes to the bar, orders her little cocktail after the set. Hasn't sang a song at all. She's, we just did dinner set. So she cruised in, goes to the bar, some dumb bow, server walking by with plates in her hand as she's walking by points out everyone in the band and says they're all vendors don't serve them whoa and the lady actually made her cocktail hands it to drea and then takes it out of her hand and says i'm really sorry i can't serve you wow bro (laughs) that girl better be glad i wasn't there (laughs) she was just like the 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 server leader server girl oh she's like she's a vendor and it was like a total like snitch, like little tattletale. She's a vendor. You can't serve them alcohol. <laughs> that that makes the title of the picture that I saw make more sense. Yeah. <laughs> so we were like, I was like, what? So I was downstairs watching motocross on my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> I have a story about that. It's quite funny. But anyways, um, they, they, they like, Dre goes, do you want to take a walk? And I'm like, all right. So I close my iPad and I'm like, where do you want to go? And um, she's like, 7-Eleven. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And so we just take a walk to 7-Eleven to get our own alcohol. Nice. No gonna, ain't nobody going to tell us no. Okay. <laughs> I don't need it. But, like, if you're going to tell me no, then I'm going to be like, oh, okay, cool. Watch this. And then, you know. So, anyways, she's talking to one of the other guys. And so we're, we're eating dinner. This is just, they're just treating us like we're vendors. And I'm like, I don't work for you. We don't work for you. Leave us alone. You know, here's your table out here away from the guests. Oh, we just get our food. Can you guys move your table over a little bit more? We have people coming in here. I'm like, stop talking to me. Stop. So she's like, she's bossing us around. Here's your table. We're getting your plates right now. 
We're getting vendor plates. They just keep labeling everything with vendor. And this is not the wedding coordinator, right? This no, is just this is just... just some server. Okay. She's like, I'm getting you this vendor stuff, this vendor plate. Here's the vendor table. Then she's at the bar and she's like, just so you guys know, um, you guys are welcome to have any soda that you want, you know, and you're welcome to have any soft drinks, but um, you are not allowed to partake in any alcohol on, on this gig. They're telling, they're giving they're, you, they're the giving rules. me these rules. They didn't hire you. And I go, <laughs> I go, oh, okay, thanks boss. And she looks at me like, she looks at me like kind of confused, but she doesn't catch my sarcasm. So she's just kind of like, okay, you're welcome. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I am the boss. Yep. Yeah. Beat it. I'm like, vendor, please. <laughs> <laughs> so we go through the line, we get our food. Uh, there's fish, there's beef. Right. Okay. I, I had a solid like stir fry vegetarian thing. It was great. So Kevin's like, I don't want any fish. Can I just have two pl- pieces of meat? The guy's like, no, only one piece of meat for vendors. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the sax player got two pieces of meat. No. The, um, the he- guitar player got two pieces of meat, two <laughs> pieces of beef. Kevin's like, bro, why not? There's like. 500 pieces of freaking steaks in there. You're just going to throw them away. Every person sitting down has multiple pieces of meat, all the meat they can serve. They can eat. There's plenty dude. And it's a little piece of meat, dude. You really can't. It's, it's like who you're not the boss. Who are you? If he wants two pieces, he's not getting fish, dude. Just what's the point? No, (laughs) sorry. No, no. So dude, I was not feeling this. I was like, you people. So we went to 7-Eleven, got these little, you know how you get coconut water and it's in those like box, those paper boxes, whatever. Mm -hmm. They have those, but they're full, they're wine in like a box. Yeah. It's not a box of wine. It's like a coconut water, but it's wine. It's a box of wine. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) But it's not like a box of wine that like you get like Zinfandel or something and it, you know, you push the button and wine comes out. It's not the big one. Yeah. It's a personal. It's It's the same. Take home size. Same exact bottle as coconut water. Yeah. I got you. We went to 7-Eleven, got that. It was bomb, Phil. I know you don't drink, but we were all like, dude, what's in this wine? We were having like the funnest gig ever. Everybody was dancing nonstop. We were just like, dude, we were all like kind of turnt from like, <laughs> a wine. And Dre is like, how many glasses of wine is this? Like one or two? And I'm like, Dre, look on the side, it says three. And she's like, no wonder. She's like, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm pretty buzzed. I'm just going to let you know that. Dude, we were having so much fun. And it ended up like it turned the whole wedding around where they were like, you guys are amazing. You guys are so great. And it was like, it ended up being a fun gig. The whole night I was like, I was walking by the guy that wouldn't give us any meat. We went to 7-Eleven again, got more wine. Did you go buy some steaks? No. I walked by <laughs> the guy though. He was waiting. They were like loading up all the cooking stuff. And I go, bro, I go, you got any meat in there or what? And he's like, he doesn't get it. <laughs> and he's just like looking at me like, I'm like, why do I have to give these guys wisecracks all the time? Why am I calling that girl boss and calling, asking this guy if he's got extra meat? But they shouldn't be like that. You're not the boss. No, they should check. I mean, unless they had explicit orders from the wedding coordinator yeah where was the wedding coordinator during all this i didn't see oh yeah the wedding coordinator was cool but i don't know why and the the the, drea was talking to the dad afterward who by the way that demographic the dads the older gentlemen love drea dude yeah love (laughs) like i'm not talking like oh that she's such a great singer like 
this dad was like, can I take you home with me? Oh, and it's like, Corey, he's asking to take me home with him. I'm like, Dude, that literally happened that he said that. Yeah. Oh. The father of the bride, dude, can I take you home with me? Oh man. And she's like, unbelievable. And I'm like, Drea, this is your type cash in, just cash in, marry one of these old fogies and cash in, make some money. It's a business transaction. Go get a Lambo. Go get a Lambo. I'm like, Dude, the guy at the end of the night is like, will you marry me? And she's like, he just asked me to marry him. I'm like, do you want to go to Europe? She's Because she was like, I've never been to Europe. And I'm like, you should go. And so I'm like, do you want to take her to Europe? And she's like, do you want to go? I'll take you anywhere. I'm like, Drea, cash in, dude. Cash in. I'm like, he's not that bad looking. Go for it. <laughs> so anyways, it was fun. We went. We ended up going to a bar afterward. And um, I didn't drink. Me and me and Freebie just got bar food, and it was a fun night. It was a fun night. But other vendors, stop trying to be my boss. <laughs> I ain't trying to hear that right now. Stupid lady. They're all vendors. Oh, Get over yourself. Goodness. Those boxes of wine, though, next level. Delicious. <laughs> um, all right. All right. Man, what a great show. That was a fun one. I'm so hungry right now, I can't even see straight. Me too. Gosh. I'm ready. Let's wrap this thing up. (laughs) Uh, It's the Drum Brigade Podcast, episode 56. Corey Kingston, Funky Phil, Zach Nager. Traveling across the country being dope. Like dope with it. Super like dope. Yeah. People need to stop telling me what to do, Phil. I'm tired of it. If I want to sit at this table, I'm going to sit here. If I want to drink a beer or something, I'm going to do it. Stop telling me what to do. Yeah. Sick of dumb people, man. So sick of dumb people. I'm sick of kindergarten jogathons too, but I'm not gonna get on that one, Phil. I'm not gonna get on that one. It's a secret inside joke. Sorry, sorry guys, you don't know what I'm talking about, but uh, it's what it is. Um Episode 56, thank you guys so much. We will be back next week with a whole new show. I don't know who our guest is yet, but we'll be scheduling that soon, I suppose. Woo. Um, or it might just be me and you or we might just cancel the show I don't care I don't know I don't care <laughs> just kidding we're always going to be here <laughs> um, alright guys me and Phil are going to get some food we're going to call it a day I got to get ready for a gig thanks to Zach for coming on thank you Phil and uh, thanks for those people for keeping us in check on my gigs <laughs> it's the Drum Brigade Podcast episode 56 oh yeah yeah Thanks for listening to the Drum Brigade podcast. Just so you know, you can hit up our archives at drumbrigade.com and listen to some great interviews with drummers like Stan Bicknell. My connection to drumming is like, uh, it's almost on a spiritual level in terms of how I feel connected to it. So it's, it's not even a question whether I play or not. It's just a matter of how I have it in my life because I have to play. Right. Um, and so going forward, uh, having my boy just made me knuckle down on any decision to do with financial stability, but then also gave me that drive to push harder in terms of my own personal development and practice and whatnot. And to be honest, I mean, I'm 35 now, and I would say that my drive for drumming is the strongest that it's ever been. Kirky B, Kirk Biscara. So I use his sticks. I go in there and played that song, The Bird, and um, oh, Jungle Love. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and um, Morris Day sat at the end of the couch after I played and said, 
you want a job? No way. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and I said, yeah. <laughs> Timbo from Kino. Tim Baltes. I had to walk. I was walking back from the grocery store because my brother got pissed that I ate all the asparagus. So I, had, I, I ate like two pounds of asparagus this morning. <laughs> And it was so good. I had to go and buy a couple more pounds for him so he wasn't a Debbie Downer the rest of the week. Oh. My pee smelled like nuclear waste, all right? Mike Dawson. The first time I subbed for him, you know, I, don't, I don't know how often you guys get in fights, but that feeling of tunnel vision when you're like, all right, I'm, I'm going to like defend myself right now. Yeah. That the, where the whole world just kind of turns into laser beam. That that was like three hours of the show. I thought I was... <laughs> I was in like a fight with Broadway for wow. like three hours. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mark DiCiani. That single sentence or two started me on the path over the last 10, 12 years of doing research in areas that include neuroscience, neurology, wow. cognitive psychology, genetics, brain lateralization, brain plasticity, because yeah. the way that we as drummers develop motor skills is really no different than how a dancer develops motor skills and or how athletes develop skills. And so our brains, our nervous systems, our bodies work the same way. Tosh the drummer. Guess what? I got three drum solos in the show. Three. <laughs> what? <laughs> three drum solos. Oh my gosh. I, we opened the show with a drum solo. Wow. And we, and then the right before the encore, we did I did like a like a five minute drum solo, dude. And he never once. This is the only gig I've ever had that he never once told me to change anything. I showed up and I played. I didn't like. They told me they were like, "Don't learn the music exact because we're gonna change it." Uh-huh. And that's kind of what they did. They like they changed it, and I played along and I just figured it out. And like they never once critiqued anything I did. Tim Fig Newton. I play a lot of doubles and singles, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just try to get them clean enough to where I can, you know, kind of just float around the kit and do whatever I want. I, I gravitate towards like weird sounding patterns and, and, and things that aren't normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, people always come up to me and they're like, oh, your approach is so different. Like, how do you think? to phrase these these things like that and i'm like i don't know it's just what i hear but just you know that's what comes out fredo ortiz so he shows me some licks and he's like you'll be all right man it's just like do your thing he's like actually he's like you're gonna get to be free to do whatever you want doesn't seem like they're asking you to like you know do anything specific because all the music you're doing is pretty much you know, just Latin jazz, like improv and, and right. jamming and just, you know, keeping it mellow. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, and, and I took that and and totally did not have to apply any of that when the first show came about, which was uh, Australia and I think Melbourne. So the, the, the first tour, like, straight sent me to Australia for oh three weeks <laughs> and then another two weeks in, in Eastern Asia. So that was my first time out of the country doing wow. music, you know. I mean, besides um, Yeska, like Yeska went to Finland and stuff, but okay. this was like seriously like my first time. And with the DC Boys, and they were headlining oh my this God. festival. <laughs> That's awesome. 